is the podcast to the show. You can listen to or know. Welcome to our Ted Lasso talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay, welcome back, beautiful people. Today we are discussing Ted Lasso, Season 2, Episode 11, Midnight Train to Royston. Uh, the place where all the best midnight trains go. If it's not Georgia, um, this is ep- uh, Part 4. Sorry, not Episode 4. This is Part 4 uh, of our discussion. Um, I am your host, Coach Castleton, and with me as always is Coach Bishop. Just over here, ready to go shopping for my fancy suit. Yeah, that's where we're going to pick it up right there. Um, yeah. And with us is our our, uh, our boss, Emily Chambers. I'm going to jump right into it with you, Castleton. Um, I was right before we started this recording reading an article by uh, Amanda Marcotte on Salon, a book by Liz Lenz uh, called This American Ex-Wife. And it's about how she divorced her husband and shit got great. Her husband wasn't a violent or bad person, but he wasn't helping out. He wasn't carrying his weight. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do in the marriage. And his response to her was always, well, that's not a big deal. Let it slide. Like, I didn't take the garbage out, but I'll get to it later. And then when he doesn't get to it later, she had to do it. So Liz had to divorce her husband. And now her life is amazing. And they have a conversation about you know, uh, the ways in which marriage is enforced in Western culture and what women are supposed to expect from marriage and how they're supposed to compromise. And it led me to the realization that in our current political socioeconomic system, caring about other people is, for a man, an act of political rebellion. And not caring about other people for women is the same act. And I think that this is, is the, a lot of wait, wait, can you repeat that again? I'm not caring yes. for a woman. I want to make sure I get this. Yes. So for a guy, yes. for a man, yep. caring about other people, sometimes even before yourself, caring for other people is an act of political rebellion. For a woman to not care about other people is an act of rebellion for her. And I think that this is a lot of our disagreement about things. Not that I shouldn't care about anybody, but that I I have been conditioned to sacrifice my happiness and put other people's comfort and happiness above mine. And so demanding that actually I'm going to take care of myself first is for me an act of political rebellion. Because I'm saying like, fuck society, I'm doing me. And for you putting somebody else before yourself or caring more about somebody else than yourself is an act of rebellion for you because you've been taught that you are the most important person. I, I think that's incredibly insightful. And and I think it, it, I just hadn't ever considered it that way. So as within the context of this podcast, but in a more broad way, I like the, I, I like, playing with this idea that if we try to discuss these things in a vacuum, right? Like that you, that actually we will absolutely land in different places because what we're pushing against may be similar, but from whence we push against it is totally different. Like the fact, you know what I'm saying? Like I, yes. that's, that's really 
That's that's yeah, that's really it's a really interesting point. I feel like I'm be thinking about that now for a while. But I think I think I, I, think point- I, I have not captured the essence of it. So as a as a man, I am mm-hmm. rebelling by caring about other people, and as a woman, you are rebelling by caring about yourself. Is that am I saying it the right way? Essentially, yes. Okay, so we're both rebels. We're both James Dean, is what you're saying. Well, I think that this is also why you and I, not that we clash, but that our perspectives on things seem to rub against each other in weird ways. Because what you're saying is, in order to reach this greater good, everybody needs to care more about each other. And what I'm saying is, wait a minute, not all of us. (laughs) Some of us have Uh already been so impositioned to care more about other people or to do more caring, I should say. Yeah, maybe I've mis- yeah, misrepresented. Maybe I've misrepresented my 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 position. But 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 either way, uh, boss. Let me say for the record, um, I, I'm thrilled about who you are. And um, oh no 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 no. And yeah, I, no, I, no, I, no. I like the positions you take, and I think uh, long overdue. Well, I, I, the way I probably try to emphasize it is when you know I see things like I, one of my favorite tweets was this thing where someone said. Uh, uh, I guess it was like a conversation, between a, you know, a, a approximated conversation between a man and a woman. And the man says, well, if men weren't around, who, who would protect you? Who would protect women? And then the woman's like, from whom? From what? Yeah. From I'm what? Like, no, no, no. Yeah. And it's like, and I go, no. yes, that's the, and, and it doesn't, you know, this is why, and I'd come at it through comedy and things like that. It, 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 it but abs- absolutely. Uh, yes. My premise is never, oh boy, women need to do more. Um, I think this is why we got into Ted Lasso, to be honest with you. I just think when Coach and I saw Ted, Ted, and we're like, okay, these guys are tr- they're they're approaching it differently, and so maybe that has spiraled into something else. And when I talk about help economy, or I talk about you know caring about other people or approaching things in a different way, that probably is just specific to me. But I know that at least the impetus for for loving that show and, and everything about it was was the avatar of of um, you know the male avatar yeah. specifically like hey it doesn't have to be the way your grandpappy raised you you really can choose a different road um and and approach people differently and so i think that was that was you know sort of where i starting point for us i'm hearing that and maybe i'm repeating so i so so forgive me but it feel but i guess what i some of what i'm hearing from boss tell me if i got this part right is when Keely affirms everyone around her and is a cheerleader and is the caretaker and everybody feels warm and fuzzy around her, people don't note that. Within the world of Ted Lasso, I mean, people aren't like, whoa, this woman just came through here and gave a shit about everybody. But when a man does, it's like, right? It's like the whole like, are you babysitting your kids today? Excuse yes. me. Are you babysitting yes. your kids today? Yes. Like, yes. I was going to say the exact. Every you time see, I take walk through a grocery store with four kids in tow, every old lady on the planet stops and to ask me for an autograph because it's they, it's they a are, We are all listen. Here's the thing. I, I part of it is owning my personal colonization. Right. I I have been I've been raised in an environment that has taught me one thing, and I have to. It's like learning a second language where I go, oh, yeah, like actually, huh, okay, that's probably, you know, like just owning your privilege and recognizing when when you're perpetuating, even even 
completely inadvertently perpetuating an unhealthy stereotype or an unhealthy, um, you know, sort of hegemonic patriarchy. Like we do it even when we try not to. Really, I'm saying for me, in my world, even when I, I have to step back and think, wait, why am I doing this? And then I think, wait, why am I doing that? Wait, what was the origin? Of, you have to go back so far mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and drill down and then just be honest with yourself. And, and, uh, and, and half the time, and more than this, more than half the time, uh, when you get there, yeah. it's brutal. And you realize, fuck, I did this last week. I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like how, and, and you can't, and there's a lot of shame around it. Cause you're like, no, I'm no, I, this is where you get to, this is where we get to the, the version where you go, I'm a good man. And, and that things that yes. drives you crazy. Boss. Not all men. Yeah. You know, all all yeah. that stuff. Like, no, no, no. Like I, this, because I do this, it's like, well, why do you do that, dude? And then you, you start drilling down and in, invariably you're, I am, I'll speak for myself. I am still very much part of the problem. Uh, despite all of my efforts. And so it is a, it is something that um, it's daunting and it's overwhelming. And you're like, where did, where's the oh, fucking yeah. edge of the, you know, it's like trying to find the edge of the yeah. puzzle. I want to start building the edge and I can't even, the puzzle pieces just keep going. And you're like, how do we, so anyway, it, it, yeah. it, is, no. it is, it is overwhelming as a white man. So yes. how must it be <laughs> for everyone else? You know what I mean? How do you even begin to tackle it if, if, you know, with with a boot on your throat the entire time? So it it is, it is, uh, yes, something that that is, that is, that is, yeah, boss. Just to clarify, I don't think that you are doing anything the wrong way necessarily. I think that what you are saying is very often extreme, undoubtedly correct for you, extremely correct for a number of people, for a lot of, especially liberal white guys who want to do better. Absolutely correct. Uh, so I'm not, I didn't come into this to try to be like, Hey, this is why you don't understand why my way is better. That's not what I'm getting at. I think it's more so um, even getting into self-reflection and how you deal with your own shit and everything else. I have started trying to make it a point to say uh, specifically like white women and people of color and women of color, because all, all of those groups are treated differently. Like if I were to say, well, we need to work on being less racist, black people would rightfully say like, bitch, I don't have to do shit. Like there is no we in this. We do not need to be less racist. You need to be less racist. And so I'm trying to be really conscious of where those perspectives come from. And if I say... Like if a black person said, well, I don't have any white friends. I'd be like, well, I kind of get that. Like we're scary. We're like, I, mm-hmm. we probably would have hurt you at some point. Mm-hmm. If a white person says, I don't have any black friends, I'd be like, oh, well, that's a problem. You need to, you need to look into that. And so I think that it's more so understanding that there is not a single rule that is ever going to fit every group because right. every group is coming from a different perspective with different history and figuring out if the goal is ultimately mm-hmm. more equality and more equity for every person in the country or in the world what do we need to do to get there regardless of if it's different between each individual group i also like that you identify excuse me the goal because i don't i i actually don't believe it is an absolutely shared goal um and and so i i I, so i think it's important also to note that so you also know with whom you're having a given conversation one of the things I've seen recently on the, I'll stay on the gender thing 
for a moment, because um, there's, there's race versions of it, all sorts of versions, is it's a feminine quality to do this, or it's a feminine characteristic to do that, or is, it as, is men being uh, betas or cucks. And it'd be the weirdest shit. There was a, there was an image of like a pretty nice sort of modern decorated apartment. Now whether this is you know bullshit for clicks or what I don't know. And it says you know uh, my friends say that having an apartment this nice is a, a feminine trait. What should I change? And my comment was yeah. your friends. You should yes. change yes. your friends. Thank you. Yeah. You have a nice apartment. <laughs> what the fuck are we discussing right now? You have a nice apartment, yeah. like a girl, like you know what I mean. So, so I, I, I bring that up only because I think what also gets swirled into, especially social media, is there's a conversation you're talking about with Castleton, where he's saying, "Hey, we need not be, you know, so selfish and blah blah blah, whatever the right things are. We could be more caring. There's another way to do this. Thank you, Ted Lasso, and you can be saying." Yeah, I got it. I got plenty of education on how to take care of people. That's not a problem. Totally with you. Then I think that entire conversation gets complicated by this guy's mouth-breathing friends who come in and say, well, what should I care about? Or whatever they say that, like, jumbles all the messages because both your messages are around how do we get to equality and equity for everybody. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that that's why sometimes, as much as I hate to admit this, I get even more irritated by the people who I agree with 90% of the time than people that are absolute assets. That's right. That's right. Because I could be like, oh, well, you don't, Trump, you don't matter. You and I are going to never agree on anything. Ever. So I don't ever have to consider what you say is valid. Whereas the 2% that Castleton and I disagree over, Uh, I have yelled at him about. I have literally clapped my hands and pointed <laughs> fingers and yelled. It's funny, I haven't noticed that about. at all. I, no? No, God, no. No, it all sounds like so pleasant around here. So you're saying I should be louder? <laughs> no, please, God. Do you say? Please, no. <laughs> please, please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Thank you, boss. And I, and I, I want to compliment you because I think you've been amazing about the delineation. You're so self-aware about these things. And I attribute it to not having children uh, melting your brain half the time. But you're so yeah. great about, like, even when you say, like, oh, you know, as a woman and voting for Hillary and then, like, getting mad if, if black women will say, like, oh, white women need to step up. Not all white women. Like, and you being like, God damn it, I have to do a better job. It, it is so That's the whole thing. Um, and, and, and I feel like at least, uh, at least the effort is there and, and we're, we're really trying to do something and we're not going to be perfect. Um, but we, but we have that effort. Um, it's so funny because we were just talking the other day, uh, on the podcast about being, being provocable and stuff. And I was thinking, God, I have such a luxury of, I have the luxury of not being provoked. And, and, um, because I was talking to coach and I was like, God, I hope I didn't come off. Like, I hope I'm not like, just like a, you know, like my privilege goes, <laughs> listen, it happens all the time. I try really hard for it to not happen, but it is so much privilege. And then we were talking, I said to something, um, writing this, this funny thing. And some, sometimes I'll check in with coach about, um, different, uh, cultural things. And I said, Hey, is this a real thing? And he says, yeah. 
um uh you know it's just like like i heard you know i don't want to say it but it was like a like a cultural thing it was like oh and i was like this valid i've never heard this before he's like yes it's actually and then he sent me some clips from from a comedian uh talking about that thing like like verifying it in a really funny way and so i was like oh okay and i kept watching this particular uh comedian and the next thing he started talking about coach was be like being provocable like it, like you know he's like black people were just wired differently man like we're not going to take that shit and i was like oh this is so so this is a culture like when we were walking out of the theater the other you know you taught that story about time of the theater, you're like oh mm-hmm, that old white lady like mm, i guess your friend didn't show up or right and i would i would never i'm like get the fuck get away from me i don't want to be around you Coach, so coach, and and I forget it was if Daphne was there, I think, and some right, yeah, Daphne and, so and like, a friend here, and, a friend, and so it's like you 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 made a thing, and it's like as I'm watching this this comedian talk about it and how it's like a cultural issue, I'm like, oh god, like I was thinking about the, how hardwired are certain responses generationally, like because you think like if you go back, I don't know, you just, I just think about like. If you go back a hundred years, right, and then you're as much of a coward slash avoider as I am, like, how's that going to help? You know what I'm like? How does it help in the in the sociological way? I'm like, oh my god! So I just say, um, yes, coach. I hope I, I hope I did not come off. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, there's a privilege to, privilege to be able to sidestep things. That even right yeah, there, yeah. you know, eh, oh, oh, I don't oh, think oh. I'll address this. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I hear you on that. And I, I mean, it didn't, yeah, just also there is personality difference built into all that. We get that part too, but there is a cultural piece. And it's funny because as you were telling that, um, and I remember now getting the text, so it's funny, but as you're telling that, I was thinking about boss, um, has told a story where I want to say a guy either grabbed your friend in a bar or like said something really gross to her and you like went off and started yelling at him. I'm trying to remember the details, but at any rate, there's something so wrong with me that I was like, well, which time was it that what I might have done? Was that Wednesday or Thursday? Or actually Monday? There was um, a friend's bachelorette party where somebody scooted past one of the bachelorette attendees and like very clearly rubbed his dick on her ass as he was moving past. Yes. And that was, yes. Cause I remember thinking like, whatever it was, I remember going, there's really no two ways around that one, man. Like you were being gross. Yeah. No, you were just I did. I, 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 I did not yell. That was a scream. That was a Good. like, I, do, Castleton, if I ever accidentally scream on you, I will pay for your funeral because you will be dead. <laughs> Oh, really? it, what, you're talking about just decibel level or decibel and snarling and like my fingers literally in his face like i fucking dare you i fucking dare you to do it i will i will murder you right here uh like hardcore aggression the best part about this is that um in this uh threesome mm-hmm. of of yumi and coach there's never any suggestion that you would ever be that mad at coach <laughs> But, <laughs> but but somehow, some way, I better I better just mention this to, to Castleton because mm, yeah, just so he knows, right? Yeah, it might happen. Yeah, 
But no, I do think it's interesting, you know, if you've been put in positions where like, I, traditionally, historically, however you want to put it, you're expected to take shit. I think there is something around like, those days are gone. We're not doing this, right? Um, so I think, I, I always remember the moment in um, Remember the Titans, and we can get to Royston. Uh, but at any rate, uh, remember the Titans where he's uh, Denzel's character. Boone is talking to the uh, other assistant coach. I might think of his name in the stairwell. And he's and the guy's telling him, like, you know, maybe show a li- little humility, you know, kind of like, you know, people wouldn't be throwing bricks through your window if you took it easy. And he says, I don't scratch my head unless it itches and I don't dance unless I hear music playing. And I remember in the theater just being like, you're goddamn right. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> like aside from this story, I was like, you're goddamn right. Like, that's a thing, man. Like, I'm, the people I behind you in the theater, would you mind uh, sitting, sitting down, down sir, now and sir. Slow, slow, slow clapping, <laughs> sir? You're not in your living room. <laughs> I'm enjoying yeah. this. Okay. All right. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But yeah, no. So I think there is something around that is not, again, not absolutely, but as a, you would probably almost never be in a place where simply because you're a white man, you're expected to shut the fuck up or take whatever it is. Whereas that guy thought that boss's friend just had to get, you know, basically, I don't even know what to call that. It's not groping, whatever it yeah, is. It's, it's kind of groping, yeah. It's, it's grope. It's, it's in, you know, but like he thought like, yeah, what the fuck she going to do about yes. it? So, yes. so boss saying not today, motherfucker is a thing. Like that's a, that's a, that's a shift. Anyway, no, you're, I think it's, the, I think it's interesting I, to look at it. The only, the only time I remember being shut, shut the fuck up because you're a white man was in Black Panther. And why so many people had, like, I had a reaction to that. I was like, I was like, oh my God, like, how have, has, I'm like, just, I like, I get one split second of, of being told to shut the fuck, whatever. And I'm like, oh, like, oh, Uh oh, I didn't like it for a second. Yeah. Now. Your whole life, you know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit! You know what's interesting? My favorite thing about Black Panther. Well, I shouldn't say favorite. Black Panther was great. Fucking loved it. Um, every everything about it was phenomenal. Um, I did find it interesting. I should say that Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis were basically the only white characters in, in in the whole thing that I could think of. At least the first movie. Both of them also, um, uh, Andy Serkis, obviously, in The Lord of the Rings, and Martin Freeman in uh, uh, The Hobbit, making yeah. them the Tolkien white guys. It's, cle- it's clever. Are it you so clever. mad at me? No, it's clever. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Wordplay like, Wednesday here at the Tedcast. <laughs> it is fun. I was like, where's this going? I was like, I knew it was going somewhere. I was like, no, it's, it's the thing. I don't think it's a thing. The Tolkien White guys. 
Yeah, I felt the pang of pain. Yeah, but it but it was good. It okay, was good. good. good I did good. enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> that's, that's solid. That's that's a good thought. Um, all right, let's 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 dig into Ted Lasso. Um, when we left, we had just uh, had Rebecca come clean to Ted, and we just got to the point where Keely has taken um, Nate out to buy him a new suit, and she does this fierce. Voila, et voila, um, as she comes through the, these burgundy uh, draperies, wearing a, or this, this fantastic outfit. Um, Keely, of course, uh, has one of those annoying qualities where she looks just great in everything. You know, just, I can't, I'm trying to think of a yeah. scene in Ted Lasso where Juno Temple didn't look stunning in every, you know, it's just, just always, just some people have that. Yeah, some people can pull off. The, the real the real thing is like some people look good and everything some people uh some actors uh especially women are like they don't have a bad side like they shoot them from you know you're like oh my god they can shoot them from anywhere and and um uh and then the and then the 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 crowning achievement is like any any haircut looks good on them you know like any hairdo any type of thing Rebecca has this too where you're just like will you knock it like really like so if if it's down, if it's up, it, d- it doesn't matter. Any shape, any look, you're like, wow, how the hell? So Keely, uh, she she comes through the curtain, and boss, walk us through, please, uh, this part of the scene. Yeah, so she comes out wearing, uh, I don't believe the outfit that she ultimately ends up on, it ends up with, but she does look great. Jacket, pants, little top. Um, uh, the man working at the store says, oh, my God, that's so good. I can't even look at you. And she laughs and said, thanks, Jaco. Uh, and then over to the other dressing room. Oi, how you doing in there, babe? And Nathan sh- uh, Nate says, God, this place is so posh. I feel like I'm not supposed to be here. I mean, this place is for rich twats who piss away all of their money on an outfit they only wear once. And then he chuckles. And she says, but Nate, today you are one of those twats. And he says, I quite like that. Which it is an interesting thing. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, you certainly have the moment, like PB and J walking into, um, what was the Crown Anchor? No, what's the name of that place? The, you know, uh, where, where we meet the Bone lady. Bone and Honey? Red. Bones and Honey? Bones yeah. and honey, thank you. Yeah, kind of. Sorry. So yeah, so bones and honey. You know where? And if you've been in this situation, it it is a lot to process when you walk in somewhere and go, "I do not belong here." Like, how long until I am found out and tossed from this place? Um, but more than that, there. I think we get a real glimpse into Nate, like. He ultimately thinks of himself as so small. Like he he he's not like, oh, it's cool that now I'm in a place in life where I'm a I'm a a coach of a football team or you know, that I can assistant co- that I can go out and buy these things. That's cool. It's like I feel I feel like I don't belong. It's such a specific thing to say in this moment where you were invited somewhere, where you're being you know, waited on. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think it matters that that was his core, honest reaction to being there. Yeah. I, I want to say that there's a thing, there's an element of Nate I really, really understand, which is um, 
this is this is like a prerequisite for me when I go travel internationally is I really well it's not a prerequisite but I re- I, I, I I vastly prefer when I have a local guide you know that's awesome you know what I mean like so somebody you like somebody you really know and they're like listen I I'm from Peru so anytime you want to come down here now now you go down there and it's like they're your friend but they also show you all the real you know the places and and you get the insiders information you're not stuck in tourist traps and you know what I mean? And, and she, he's getting that experience here where it's like, this is Keely's world. Like she really knows it. There's no, and because she's so awesome and there's no stress to her whatsoever. She's just having fun. Like when she, when she comes out in that outfit, you know, it's just like, this is, it's almost like, um, like playing dress up, you know, like when you're a little kid and like trying on a bunch of different outfits, it's like, this is that level, except it's, I guess, for real, you know? Um, and so I have never, I can say I've never, well, I think one time when I was a little kid, I, I went to like a place where this, this kind of thing happened. I didn't get like a you know suit tailored or anything, but I, I sort of saw this on like a, you know, it was like a, we were in London and, and then went to, uh, you know, Savile Row and all these places where you get, you know, you saw it. I saw it being, I saw it happening in front of me, but I didn't, you know. I was like, a, I was probably 12 or 13. So I didn't, you know, I experienced it, but it seems like a lot of, fun. I don't know. It seems like a lot of fun to try. Like even, even watching Nate put on these plaids, I'm like, this is fun. It, like he, how, how has he ever put this, this pattern on in his life and then given it, given it a world, taking it out for a spin. It just seems fun. And it seems like a level of entitlement that if you don't consider yourself worthy, it would feel like you're an intern. Um, okay, so Keely, uh, she she is uh, you know moving around, um, and boss, yeah, I lo- you know what? These are nice shots of uh, for those watching along. There are these shots of Nate. They're they're pretty tight. They're pretty like close up shots of Nate, like frame wise. Coach, look at that. You know, look at the. It's a it's a one shot, but he re- his face really fills the frame. You're. You're yeah, it's closer. borderline. It's you're so wide. You're borderline fisheye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, and, I, I'm sorry, that was like really obnoxious. But <laughs> when when lenses get, that was really obnoxious. When lenses get wider, as they, they come wider, the the depth of field, like how much is in focus, changes, and sort of the way you see things. So for those of you of a certain age. If you think of like the old like Busta Rhymes videos or Missy Elliott videos, like that like really stretched out weird like whoa coming through the screen feel it, that's sort of the extreme of it. And Nate, excuse me, isn't quite there, um but it's 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 approaching that level of closeness and in terms of like using the lens that way. So that's what I meant to say. And and we are we are seeing um, Nate from the perspective of the mirror, which is a choice. Um, when we're framing Nate, it is framing Absolutely. the distance and perspective of him seeing himself. So it's it's as if his reflection is looking back at him, nah. um, and he and he is delighted. I mean, to see the huge smile on his face. Uh, we've talked. If you followed us for for a while, we've talked a lot about the many smiles of Nick Muhammad. And um, and how how clever he is with the types of smiles he's able to pull off, um, and he is really really enjoying himself in this scene. Uh, please uh, please keep going, boss. 
so yes, yes to everything you just said. Also, um, I don't mean to bum anybody out, but I think that it is unfortunate that there is so little space in between having imposter syndrome and finding things commonplace. Like there's very Hmm. few times. I I am not bragging about my life. I love it. I don't think anybody else would be impressed necessarily. But there are times where I think, well, like, yes, I go downtown and I work in downtown Chicago in in a skyscraper. And that's pretty impressive, but like, it's, eh, you know, it's not that impressive. It's fine. Like, sure. And so I think that it's really odd that there was a time where I was like, I will never have an important enough job to work downtown in a skyscraper. And then Uh, I did that for like six months. And then I was like, oh yeah, no, this is fucking boring. So I sort of enjoy that Keely seems to hang on to the joy of going clothes shopping and dressing up and not playing pretend, but like being involved. She's like, yeah, this is fucking great. Do you see these outfits I get to wear? Fucking amazing. This I is love the end that. of the line. This like for, for, for a certain type of person, this is the finish line. You know, this is yes. like, yes. this is a goal kind of environment where you go like, Oh my God, if I would, this would be the day in heaven for me. If yes. I could, you know, this type of thing. So, um, yeah, they, I think they captured that uh, definitely for Keely and, and and for Nate. Yeah, he does feel like an interloper, but again, he's having he's having a blast. I, I I like what you said too in terms of that boss. In that it, it it feels it feels like a corollary somehow to be curious, not judgmental. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the you know that whole thing of treat your first like your last, treat the last like your first. That that kind of a vibe, and and that Keely has that. Yes. Um. And in and and beyond this, Nate doesn't right. Like when Nate was named a coach, he was so excited he had to blow his whistle inside. Yeah. Like he had to be taught not to do that. Like that's how excited he was. And within not very much time, he's mad because people aren't going to throw a parade for him as an assistant coach. Yes. Because the idea was yes. his, like, as Roy says, that's the job. But, right, like, like that's all gone now. I don't want this anymore. I want, I want the next thing. Yes. And I think that that says a lot about who they are as people in terms of where their contentment and satisfaction comes from. That she feels internally confident enough that this is fun and dress up and play. And he feels like he needs to keep proving to people over and over again that he deserves to be here. A hundred percent. And that sense of, yeah, that sense of worthiness. I mean, it's the stuff we talk about, right? So yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we're about to, okay, here we go. I don't want to spoil what we're about to. (laughs) Well, so on that note, uh, she says, Oh, this is so much fun. And he says, yeah, she says, Roy never does stuff with me. Stuff like this with me. He's always like, I'm Roy Kent. Why do I need to go shopping? I already own a black t-shirt and jeans. And then as Nate is coming out of the dressing room, she says to him about the outfit, this is a yes. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Poor poor Nate. Poor Nate. <laughs> let's keep let's keep going. Poor Nate. <laughs> and then immediately after that, um uh Jaco says, uh, uh I, I'm worried about the crotch. Does the crotch feel loose? The crotch looks loose. Keely, thoughts on the crotch? Which is it, we don't need to do that. I get it, but uh, because, like I mean, wow. Yeah. Like 
For those of you at home who may be missing out on the fact that this young man doesn't feel like a big boy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, we're going to mm-hmm. literally just have two people just stare at his crotch and decide whether you really need much more fabric than that. Like, like, like what? Well, it's also, so the conversation doesn't stop there. No. Akili has thoughts on the crotch. I think the crotch looks great. We can have the crotch taken in. It's better to have a tight crotch than a loose crotch, you know? Uh, but we love the suit, yes. And I should mention that in the shot, both Keely and Jaco, uh, like, bend down, kneel down in order to get a better look at the crotch. I do not believe that Nate, any person, nobody alive, deserves to have somebody <laughs> treat them in a specific sexual manner. Like, you are not owed anybody's sexual time or energy. But they are making it very clear that there is nothing about Nate's crotch that they associate with sex whatsoever. At all. Like, there's the opposite of discomfort. Like, I don't even know that it's actually comfort. Like, it's something... Yeah. It's, it's, It's a weird combination of medical and as if he were a child. Like... If That's it, exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's like um, on an episode of Bob's Burgers, Tina, the oldest daughter, says to her parents, "My crotch itches," and her dad is a little taken aback. Bob doesn't love that, and when she says it to her mom, she just says, "Come here, let me check it out. Let me see. Let me see." And just like right in, just like nothing. This is fine. It feels almost like that. Like just let me get a better look. Come closer so I can get a better look at I your crotch. Try to see your crotch, mm-hmm. right? I, I, yeah, Jocko is a, uh, he's a creature of this world. And um, I, I'll posit that rather than the absence of a sexual vibe, it is a dynamic of a fashion, fashionista vibe. So here's my, here, I don't know. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Um, the experience I have with it is uh, I have a very handsome, erudite British friend. God knows why he's friends with me or coach. He's close friends with both of us, but he will, um, he runs these huge productions. Like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but he does these, like if you're going to have a, uh, 200th celebration of your college or something, you got to put together a $3 million pageant or he does that. Oh, and he does, he works with Cirque du Soleil, works with, uh, Bolshoi. He, he, the guy is what, unbelievable. He, he's done shit for like one name artists. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like people who you're like, oh, right. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So, yeah. He's, he's oh, you mean cool. Tom? Like, he's worked with Tom. That's right. <laughs> Everybody's friend. Um, and so uh, he will sometimes invite me when the last time was, was, uh, was Cirque du Soleil. And so you have these people who, <laughs> I, it is so crazy. He invites me in and it's like, like all of a sudden Shrek is in the room. And, and these, and I, and then I, and I'm just studying because they, they have a different, they have a totally different relationship to their bodies. Like they would think not because their body is a tool. It's like, it is their, is how they um, run their life. And, you know, they can just walk up to like a flagpole and grab it and then go sideways on it. And like, it's like, that's nothing. You know what I mean? Because their body is such, so it's the their body is always the best it can possibly be. And so it removes like the sexual energy in the weirdest way. They'll just talk about things. They'll open their legs and they'll be like, look at my, the inside of my thigh and any other person you'd go, 
Jesus Christ. Like, oh, holy, holy you know, hi I see and with them, saying. it's like, no, no, they're talking about the striations in their leg. And they, and you're like, what the f-? <laughs> but it, it is, so, they are so comfortable. They're so hyper comfortable with, with their body that when, when I'm around it, I'm like, oh my God, it, it is like, it's like, it is just like, um, just glimpsing the other side. You know what I mean? It's just so wonderful. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful. So when they, if they got dressed or whatever, they'd be like, okay, we'll put this costume on. Is it too tight in the crotch? It would just be a practical matter. Like, yes, it's clearly too tight in the crotch. And, you know what I mean? So I, I, I read a little bit of that into, um, into Jaco. Um, but yeah, he's unabashedly like, you know, just, just <laughs> right down to the, right down to floor level, <laughs> right down to hip level, actually. And then, yeah, let's check it out. I think you're on point in, in context. I also think, and this is, if this is so, I'm going to be, both impressed and saddened with for myself and with myself. So I'm going to share this right now. There, I just had the thought as you were describing that, and I totally agree with you that in this world, I mean, this is what this person does, right? Like all day, it's like let's alter this, let's move that. So it's not the same relationship to talking about somebody's crime that you know Orlando coach uh, would would have. Right. I had thought the thought. This is giving me wonder years, though. There's something like they're the grown-ups and he's the kid. That is the show I was trying to think of. I thought maybe it was the Goldbergs. But yes, no, this was a scene but on the Wonder did, Years. Yes. Wasn't yeah, it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. He said, exactly. yes. everyone, Kevin has yes. extra room in his crotch. And yes. I remember being yes. like, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wonder if that was like super conscious or they just happen to go to the same kind of a, a, a scene. But yeah, I'm glad you thought of it too, boss. Cause I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. So yeah, it get it practically, I think you're right coach. And in terms of impact, I feel like it has a lot of that wonder years impact of like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Can the Kevin's I, of the world ever get to be Jocko's or has Jocko always been Jocko? No. And Kevin's will Oh, Kevin. that's interesting. You yeah, I don't, mean, see, like, I yeah, don't ever yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. being able to do... If I got yeah. to the highest yeah. level my body could be, I still would be... You know, I would still look at it like Wonder Years. I, I can't imagine ever feeling like those dancers and those performers. Yeah. What do you think, boss? I don't, I don't know. I don't... I can't say that I agree, only because I think that our experiences impact so much of our understanding and our understanding dictates our experiences. So you right now are not in the position where you feel like you could be that openly free with your body. So it's fine. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick tangent. I promise I'm going to be right back. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned on the show before, but there's a place in Niles, Illinois called King Spa. It is my third favorite place in the Chicagoland area. I fucking love it. And the first thing you do when you get there after you get a little wristband so you can charge everything to your credit card and they uh, give you a key and send you down to the locker room, the first thing you need to do is get completely naked and take a shower. And you can go into a series of different hot, cold tubs, steam saunas in there, but you need to be fully naked. They do not let you leave into the bigger spa until they have watched you strip naked and wash off your entire body. Like they monitor it. 
And when I first heard about the place, I actually like, like prison entry. Yes, if they like throw you a little, a little tub of lie and, and hose yeah. you down. And, and like <laughs> one time, I went in and I didn't have my hair up high enough, and they were like, "You got to fix that shit. You you put that in a top bun. I don't know what you think you're doing. You got to wash that shit and then put it in a top bun. Like it's fucking for real." And the first time before I went, uh, somebody else told me about it. I got passes for me and two of my friends not understanding about all of the nakedness and they were like I don't really feel comfortable being that naked around you guys and I was like that's fine I'll take it like I'm gonna I'm gonna brace myself I'm gonna get naked in front of a large number of people and I'm I'm gonna do this because I already paid the $33 for the Groupon so I fucking have to do it and now I go every six months and it's my favorite thing and I never think like not even a second thought. Like I am walking into the locker room and pulling my shirt off already where I'm like, I'm, this is naked time now. It's fucking fine. Let's do this. So I, th- I think you can get there. I think that you just need to be there in order to get there. I'm, I'm into- <laughs> there's, a, there's a little quiet here because I've known coach a long time. Yeah. I'm just being quiet, so he has to respond to this. <laughs> That's really funny. Are we? Are no, we doing? No, thank are we, you. Are we doing? Yeah. No. Well, it's it's yeah. We, we no no. Listen, here's okay. I'll give you the background. Everyone, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're all like, we, "What is happening?" Yeah, what go is ahead, happening? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. We used to talk about again. One of our one of the projects coach and I have uh, talks a lot about cultural differences, and we we so we kind of list them all the time. When we have like a thing white people do, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, like if him and I are just talking and there's some white nonsense that comes up, I will just say like, what is this night? White, nonsense? white people kissing a dog on the mouth. Oh. I don't like, if he'll just, <laughs> I do he'll not just claim laugh, that. Right? I do not claim that. So, so, right, I know, I know. It, we're saying, it, we're speaking yeah. in generalities, but one of the oh. funny, I, I love this scene so much. Coach telling me, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, coach uh, went to Yale. In uh, New Haven, Connecticut, <laughs> he attended that school. Didn't just drive by, throw throw a throw a pizza pie out the window. He he went there. And um, there was this there was this, this story he told me. Coach, tell me if I'm messing it up because the details are important and it's great. But uh, white people do a thing sometimes where they where they streak. They take oh, off yeah, all yeah, their yeah, yeah, feet yeah. and they uh-huh, run uh-huh. naked. And I remember Coach telling me this thing about him and some friends just standing at black friends. Standing out watching, like without a word, like Wait, almost what? like when I said the last time, like when when a black person makes a sound where they go, mm, like when they do that, whatever the hell that is, just watching naked white people run by, and then one person at the back of the pack is one uh, black guy running naked with white people, and I just every time I think about it, I I. <laughs> Like, like what a really, scene. bro. What a scene. Yeah, really, bro. <laughs> Stay black. Yeah. I, I just, it is so damn funny. So I know that there, the coach has some take on nudity. I don't think he would ever say, oh, you know. You yeah, no, nah, yeah, it's, it, yeah, definitely the streaking thing is a thing, though, where I'm like, I have been around black people drunk out of their high, like, what, like, Never, ever, ever, ever has anyone been like, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. Let's just all scribble our clothes and just go running around. Like, mm-hmm. I'm always like, really? Yeah. Okay. Now, 
Okay. I should um. I should say during my many trips to King Spa, the I have seen one family, which means that they are a more open and um, I don't want to say loving family, but they have a different level of openness than my family and I would. Because also yeah. it was uh, mother, father, son, daughter. So like nobody, w- everybody was seeing something. One family, one time that I have seen there, they were a black family. Really? Yes. I, that is, I'm glad for them. Happy, good, enjoy your lives. Um, I cannot fathom. Like, I, like I'm trying, like. Wow, wow. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm like, my brain is like splitting open as I attempt to envision the bishops walking in. Ready to ready to rock and get into some cold baths. Like we coach has some coach like, has some locks too. Hey yeah. man, can you clean up that shit and put it up top and <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, up to the uh-huh. ceiling uh-huh. Over. But yeah, so no, that's that's but yeah. I I cannot like I literally cannot imagine. Like I'm like what like I can't like I can't even come up with the combinations that work. Like even if I'm like, all right, not the whole family. Who's going uh-huh. into the cold baths with me naked? It'd be like, I think, uh, mm, hmm, think I'm on my own. How about, <laughs> I think how about, I'm how about just lonely. you, coach? Just, just you, no problem. You'd, you'd be, uh, I'd be, I'd be super. <laughs> I'd be very uncomfortable. Okay. There'd have to be a good reason why I made that choice. But yeah, I'd be, there'd be super uncomfortable. I always wonder about stuff like that, and seriously, I do. Like even. I've thought about like, all right, if if men, because it sounds like then men and women, like it sounds like it was an all gender space once you go past a certain point. Yes, is that yeah, right? gendered locker rooms, but then everybody in the bigger space. I just, I mean, have you you been yeah. to a, a nude beach in in Europe or anything, Coach? You ever been to one of like? No, I mean, no, I mean, I've been where people decided to make a space, you know, topless or whatever. But I've never been to like a nude beach. But yeah, even that, even that though, I think like I'm like. You mean me, dude? Like I can no stand back here. Mm-hmm. I can but, stand. Uh, yeah. Where's the Where's the partially nude? <laughs> well, that's just that's just, that's just a beach. That's just beach. You're that's partially beach. nude Got on it. regular beaches. Got it. That's, that's boss, true. You're right. Have you that's been to a, a Have you been a, doing a, done a nude beach or anything like that, boss? Uh, not one that was specified as a nude beach. Did I go skinny dipping? Yes. Yeah. Oh no, skinny dipping's great. Uh, I, I live on a lake, so that's yeah, that's something that whatever. But but it's less. That's more about the. Usually it's at night. I would yeah, think right. Usually right. it tends to be at night. Uh, I think the skinny dipping thing, and it's less about. Uh, uh, whatever. You're not typically seen. The point you know, of that is that you were you the being nude when you're not supposed to. You go hide in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Right, I've, right, right, right. I've never just been like yeah. hanging Breaking out. Work. Yeah, no. And decided, yeah. Mm-hmm. I um my first uh, my first wife, wife's parents are uh, nudists, and so it was a thing where I didn't I didn't really get it, but I was like okay, uh, and, and and I remember before we got married there was this pressure for me to visit them on the nude thing, and and you could have a towel around you that was like totally acceptable, so I did that, but um. It was like they couldn't trust me until 
I got over the. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they, it's almost like if you have you like you, it's almost like physically you, you're showing that you have something to hide. Like seriously, like I, I don't mean I, that I in guess, a funny. I'm yeah. serious. Yeah, it's I like a, what that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Like on the equivalent of like. I wouldn't trust a man who wouldn't have a drink with me kind of a deal. Like, hmm, what are you up to? Like, Actually, yeah. And I think that they, they were people who had been judged their whole lives. And I felt I feel like this was the only place they felt no judgment or they felt like they were accepted. And I think part of getting rid of the clothes was, was you know, something that it was like, okay, you can't judge me for my clothes. You just have to whatever. Um, but it was. Uh, just it was, judge it was, me on my dong size. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that's a t-shirt um but but you know it's, it's, I, there, there is a there is a distinction though not that this is at all the point of this and, and we can get back to nate's crotch now no but um where yes. the 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 different there's a difference for me i will say as i'm now thinking about it between what you described boss and the the streaking because the streaking is like Part of it is the thrill I would take, I would assume of people seeing me being naked also. Like that's part of it. And there may be some anonymity built in, but, but that's part of the like, because it's not like you go streaking across your room. You go streaking across the campus yes. where you know people yep. are going to be. Um, whereas for you, I feel like everyone, no one showed up here and thought it was a Barnes and Noble and then found themselves naked. Like, this is where I left my house to go. This is what you do here. So it's a, it's a little different that way, but yeah. At any you, rate. you know what? Before we move on to Nate's crotch, I want to say this. Because <laughs> Juliana will kill me if I don't. Because she has very specific opinions about this. And she's like, the human body is beautiful. It's beautiful in all its forms. It is beautiful as a child. It's beautiful as an adult. It's beautiful as an old person. It's be- a human body is inherently beautiful and magical and uh, something that should be celebrated from birth to death. And the, the thing that queers, or the thing that corrupts everything is society, is, is when we put our stigmas on those bodies. And so uh, I, 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 before we move on, I want to point out that like the body is just the body. It's just, it is what it is. And then we are the ones who sexualize it or objectify it or or rate it or you know what i mean so in and of itself the act of being naked is i I, you know it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing and um and so yes once again it's it's a society that comes in and corrupts so back to nate's crotch (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of room in kevin's crotch um yeah but where we oh so is, but we love the suit yes okay I'm I'm back I'm 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 seeing where we were <laughs> sorry about that yeah coach uh, so they say it's better to have a tight crotch than a loose crotch you know this is what this is the discussion right which is but we love the suit yes uh what do you think sorry sorry Ross you got no it. no no I was only gonna say um I believe uh, the past couple of years tight crotch has been the style. I am sensing, based on things that uh, Timothy Chalamet, I sorry, I always call him Timmy Chablis in our groups so that I don't know his name all that well, uh, oversized suits seem to be coming back into style again. So get ready for 18 miles of fabric on a jacket. 
Uh, I just watch whenever whenever I see Tom Hiddleston, and I think yes. uh, that's probably he probably knows what's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, David Tennant. Whatever he wore three years ago is what's going to be popular next spring because he always seems to be on the very cutting edge of fashion. Um, uh, so he, he sort of stammers, "I uh, oh I uh, what, uh, uh, what 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 do you think?" Said, no, I don't think this is it. No, take it off immediately. Would you guys like a drink? Oh yeah, a glass of champagne. All right, thanks. Uh, oh, it's free. And I think that that's one of the signs of a place where I am still not comfortable shopping yet. I'm not a big into clothes. There's something that I might find like from a random online store, and I'm like, oh, modern citizen. I love this dress. I'm gonna buy this one. I've never been to a place where they're like, you're gonna spend so much money that we're gonna get you drunk. That's not a thing I've been able to do. Yet. That's that is horrifying. It's also, I want to point right. out something that right? you never, you wouldn't think unless you think it, unless you realize it. Um, Jocko is filthy rich. Yes. Let me just make this point. <laughs> like, because yes. you think, this is not Macy's. No. Like, Jocko drives whatever car Jocko wants to drive. Like, it, like, these people make, if you see a really good salesperson at this level, like, if they're like more like a concierge than a, they're not selling, you know, they're just kind of guiding. And, and and getting, but the price the price points are so crazy, and their commission is so nuts that um, I, I saw uh, there was a place in L.A. I brought a friend. I had this great, awesome blue collar friend, and he needed like a suit, so I brought him to this place in L.A. And the the woman who handled him, she picked his pockets so clean. She had like the per- she was a knockout, stunning and uh foreign and had an accent and just did the right amount of flirting and you know what i mean like it was like anytime he put something on and these are clothes he had never had on in his life you know what i mean and and she'd be like mm, like like it, she could just eat him alive like when, and he's like well if i'm getting that reaction from her i'm going to purchase and by the end it was like are you sure you want to get all of these? He's like, yes, I, I want to get every single. I would never want these moments to end. I don't know if he yeah. ever wore anything but one of you know what I mean. The, the ones right, you right, needed, right. but, but these people are when you get a really good uh, sales rep, you know, inside salesperson. They're, they're, yeah, this is like uh, equivalent to the absolutely high end bartenders and waitstaff at extremely expensive restaurants. Like this is not a job. You you are this is your career. Right. You are doing this for yes. Real. It's a career, right? Yes. Yes. This, That's, this yes. is this is they've, not they've that. bar yep. backing during college to pay for your own weekend drinking. This is it's fucking serious. It's it's so expensive that I feel like I can't get on the block. It's it's the same as churches. It's churches and very expensive retail shops <laughs> have a force field that I stay out of, and I'm fine with that. Um, I like it. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. The like, high end bartenders, you wouldn't believe what I, I have a friend who this Turkish guy who uh, I met in acting school. And then he went on and got, uh, man, he, he, we were near, we went to a school in New York uh, city. Uh, and then he, while he was doing his acting, he went and bartending. And then he became like this, you know, like a name, bar, like they put his name on the thing. And I remember, you know, six or eight years later going, I was in college, you know, late out of college by then. And I went to visit him. He's like, what do you want to drink? You know, was, he's like running this whole thing. And I was like, I don't know. And I told him a drink that he would get at a bar. And he looked at me like, 
something he picked out of like this. Like when I said the drink, he's like, "Oh my god! Like what? How? How have we gotten this far apart?" And then he made me something. He's like, "I'll just, I, I got it." And he made me something with like flowers, where the essence of the flower. Was right, 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 right. I was like, right, right. "Oh my god!" Like you know, it's like you, right. you level up, and you're like, "I had no, I had no idea." All you know, this is better than Bud Light. You know, you're just like this. Is, I mean, you know, you're so. Exactly if you don't, if you don't exactly. know, how do you? You know, yeah. It's just, no. but it's a. But you're right. It's a. It is a wait staff too. Yeah. You know, career wait like Second they they're series. really posh and sharp. And they know everything and sommeliers and oh yeah, people who get to live those lives are really just fascinating people and and amazing at what they do. I also will say I'm not going to knock Bud Light because that is the best camping beer to drink. It's so watery. It you can drink it all day, and it doesn't even matter. And it tastes significantly better than Miller Light. Miller Light is the garbage beer, as far as I'm concerned. Cannot stomach it. A Coors Light, yeah, I'll fucking take a Coors Light. I'll even take a Beast if I have to, but I'm not going to drink a Miller Light. That swill. Um, but Keely actually points out, not <laughs> it, 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 the King of Beers. So, oh. right? No, no, sorry. The uh, it's the uh, Champagne of beers. Well, that's that's Miller. That's Miller. High Life. Miller. That is Miller different. High life, high life. Yeah. Yeah. Beers. High life. Miller Light and High Life are different. Miller Light is the one that is garbage. I will fight people on this. Bud Light is superior to Miller Light. This is the most important thing I took away from my Big Ten university experience. Uh, <laughs> Keely actually mentions about the free drinks. Uh, and when you see the prices, you're going to wish you drank a lot more of it. Uh, he says, oh, my God, yes, uh, a whiskey. Thank you, please. Um, I, I that was for me that was laugh out loud fight like l- watching him learn this rule of this world because I wouldn't have known that like I've never I shocker everyone hold on to your seats here I've never <laughs> bought clothes in a place where they feel the need to give you booze to help it all go down easier so yeah. I would have been I would not have assumed any of this but yeah so it was funny yeah well when a suit when a suit uh, costs as much as a Mazda Miata. You go. Yeah. All right. I, I I better I better liberally uh, add the alcohol to it to, to help help the transaction happen. Um, we 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 pivot from there, and now we are Ted uh, running into an office. And coach, walk us through. Who does he see here sitting behind the desk? All right. It's knock knock doc doc, and uh, we have surprised Higgins who we all know gave up his office once upon a time. Um, oh, please don't tell me you're taking my office now, which again made me laugh. What? No, I just came up to invite Dr. Sharon to Kyle's birthday party tonight. Uh, oh, uh, Kyle's birthday is August the 21st. I, I, lo- I love that you know that, Ted responds. Chuckles, yeah, I know everybody's birthday. Interesting thing. Uh, really? I, I actually like that they brought this up because uh, when you're not on Facebook, I know a lot of people our age are on Facebook, um, and that's mm-hmm. where they hear about birthdays. But right, I'm not on right. Facebook, right? And so therefore, I have to have a means to, you know what I mean? Like, so either yeah. you remember it, or you have some, you know, app or program or some some way and you put it in your Google Calendar. I don't know. Yeah. But like, the easy way is in the morning on Facebook. People. Boss, you're not on Facebook either, right? If I'm not mistaken. I still have the account. Um, I don't right. go on very often every once in a while. I do have like two anniversaries with my friend Rachel that I need to go back on and be like, hey, remember that time I told you 
uh, your daughter looks like Vigo the Carpathian from Ghostbusters 2? And she was like, yes, that was amazing. I'm really glad about our friendship. Um, but I, I don't check in daily. <laughs> I'm really glad about our yes. friendship. See you next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's it. So how do you keep track of birthdays then? I actually, oh my God, um, I'll st- I still rely on technology, but it, when I text people happy birthday, my phone will remember. And the next year will be like, hey, did you remember today is Tony's birthday? Do you want to send him a, a happy birthday text? And I'm like, yes, I do. Thank you. Thank you, my iPhone. Okay. And Coach, you go to, how do you remember, Jason? I'm sort of a mess, but I, I have some that I, what I try to do is when someone mentions their birthday, who I think I will care to remember that, um, I try to get it onto my calendar. Because what I find is if I'm in a rush or just happen to not go on Facebook for a couple of days, then I have to deal with an enormous amount and an inordinate amount of guilt that I've missed someone's birthday as if my happy birthday post on Facebook was what was standing between them and happiness. Um, so that's that's what's going on in my therapy sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm pretty sure the person got 187 uh birthday wishes i think they're okay but i like i've betrayed our friendship so i I try to have as many reminders available to me as possible oh yeah it's it's weird though on facebook because you get you do get 187 you know you get like oh hey i you know the wife of this guy i used to work with wished me happy you know there are people who just like wish whatever yeah whoever's name pops up boom 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 yeah and i'm like oh is that better or i don't know it's a whole it's 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 interesting it's nice to to have people remember but like getting a really good i have a one of my sister's (laughs) ex-boyfriend my favorite of her ex-boyfriends the one i wish she had married um i will text him on his birthday every year it's three days uh after my birthday and i'll just text him and tell him i love him and we just we just say something stupid something absolutely idiotic and then we don't talk for the entire then we then we just text. Oh, he'll text me on my birthday. I'll text him on his. I love that. That's it. And I, that's sixteen years now, probably seventeen, maybe maybe more, maybe approaching. But like that's it. So, and I'd rather get his text than for fourteen, you know, former coworkers to say happy birthday because they saw it. I don't know. I think it's interesting how how everyone's different about that. Yeah, I'm definitely. Uh, hey, let's make it one big party, family, whatever. So the 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 volume does have some impact on me. Now there are definitely people who I'm like, I honestly don't know who this is. So thank you, and I appreciate that you took that moment. But okay, you don't uh, know who it is. you genuinely like, do not yeah, know. Yeah, and that's like that's to me that's a little. But yeah, but I know what you're pointing. But yeah, for me, I'm I'm probably on the other side of that where it's just like, wow, look. People gave a damn that I was born. Like, there's something kind of, I don't know, comforting is the right word, or it's something that ballpark. I'm sort of in the position where, well, like the last time that I saw my older sister, I said, I've never made friends with anybody that I've worked with at a real job. And she said, hey, Eleanor Shellstrup, like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you like anybody ever? And I was like, well, it's, it's easier to not only remember five birthdays. I... I- so happy that she called you Eleanor Shellstrop. <laughs> I was just waiting. take it from there, Coach. You, yeah, you, no, you take I it. I was like, to be permanent. Yep. <laughs> I was like, that is wow. That was all of it right there. I laughed so hard. I was yes. just like to remember. Sorry, spoilers for the Good Place. I don't know when it ended, but if you haven't 
gotten on it yet. I feel like it's been a while. I would just like to point out that uh, Eleanor Shellstrup was not the only one who deserved to go to the bad place. It's a thing that we forget about the show because we're like, oh, she was selfish and she didn't make any friends and she wasn't a joiner. But it's like, wait a minute, maybe all these people sucked. Why didn't we? So I'm just saying Chidi is not a better person than Eleanor is. Not really. I just want to point out that if the three of us end up in the bad place, Voss, I think you'd be, you would shrug and be like, well, fuck it. So, you know, kiss my ass, whatever. I'm in the bad place. Fuck you. And then, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, uh, coach and I would go, oh, really? Like, what? Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when we saw you coming around the corner mm-hmm. and we'd have to spend eternity with you. Yeah. <laughs> coach would be happy about that. I would be like, it's after what? Oh. It's the anticipation of having oh. to go to the bad place that's bad. Once you realize you're there, it's like, oh, and then well, you're there. Mm, well, I don't know. Let's go find Phil Collins. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening right now. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I, All people. Like, I was like, Really? I was okay. I was just I, trying to hear the whiff of the faint sound of Susudio playing in the distance. I felt like if I went for too good, if I was like, "Where's Mother Teresa?" That joke wouldn't work. But like Phil Collins, who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's where you got me. Like I started doing a quick thing. Like you're like, wait what a do minute. I know about Phil Collins out actually. Hey, hey, wait a minute. How, how come he automatically gets tossed in the good place? Like nobody's gonna go over his file? Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah, like what do we what do we really know about the guy? <laughs> well, it, I think it's charming that Higgins uh uh has a, a facility to remember not only uh people's birthday, his family, but you know, Chuck Norris, Sharon Stone. I mean, he's it's a it's a good it's a it's a good party trick. Um uh, so, boss. Uh, no, I'm sorry, coach. Continue uh, here, please. Uh, tell us what's going on here. Yeah, so we go through all the the birthdays. Chuck Norris, Sharon Stone, uh, uh, Osama bin Laden uh, share birthday. Sweet. Uh, that's really not random at all. Um, by the way, just gonna toss this in. I'm always way too shocked that people share. I talked about this before that people share a birthday. There's only 365 days in a year. I don't know why I find it so like mind blowing if two of my friends have the same birthday. Like, oh my god, how that happened? Like, a lot of people have the same anyway. But it's always I'm always looking for meaning there that I'm sure doesn't exist. Do you, do you share a birthday with anyone famous, uh, boss or coach? Robin Williams for me, so I've always loved that one. Nice. Oh, awesome. I, I not anybody that I'm like. Oh, I love that we have the same birthday. I'll need to look it up. Um, I will say that I know like 10 people with birthdays within the two weeks of me. Like I know I'm November 15th. It doesn't matter. You can't steal my identity. I already trashed it. I know like a (laughs) large number of people born between like November 8th and November 22nd. Everybody is banging around Valentine's Day. All right. Do the math. That's uh, that's spot on. <laughs> I was like, you said it. I'm like, well, yeah, nine, great. Yep, carry the one. Uh huh. Yeah, there you go. Banging in, banging in February. Coach loves it. This co- coach, coach loves this. <laughs> Sam Waterston and I have the same birthday. 
Oh, okay. I'll yes. take it. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll and take also, it. I will say Johnny Lee Miller, who I enjoy on his own. Like, uh, Elementary was a fine show. He was in Train Spotting. I like him just fine. I think the most amazing thing about him is Angelina Jolie kept him on Dick Retainer for like 15 straight years. Because when she and Brad Pitt broke up, she was hanging out with him immediately. He was just like, hey, remember when we banged back in Hackers? Let's do that again. So great job, Johnny Lee Miller. And I mean, great job, boss, to bring in the term dick retainer. I love that. I, I love noted it. that as well. I was like, I didn't know that was a phrase, but it is now. the lexicon it goes. <laughs> okay. Guess we don't have it that hard. <laughs> hey, now. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, the, uh, so, I, I, the people I share my birthday with are uh, all have a comma <laughs> and then a description after them. So, you, would, you know what I mean? It's like uh, got Franz it. Joseph. Comma inventor of model train, you know, like yeah, so you're yeah, like, yeah. Eh, there's nobody, nobody good. We're all, we all sucking. All right, keep <laughs> keep going here. Um, all right, so uh, you are good, and you're right. Collins' party was just a cover story for Sharon's going away party. Not bad, huh? As to then he gets the response. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Ted, but Sharon's already gone. Uh, beg to differ, Higgy Stardust. Sharon's last day is mañana. Yes, but an emergency came up, and she has to leave tonight. Wait, she left without saying goodbye. Uh, she wrote everybody a letter. Mine was uh, mine was very nice. Here's yours. No, and he takes off, quite upset, obviously bothered. He's got the whole crinkle over the nose thing going on, the whole deal, and he says no. Higgins never puts the letter down; just holds it out, and he says, "Don't." Let her get away with it, Ted. In true Caesar you later uh, yes. fashion. Yes. And who comes storming back through? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I, God, I love this show. But yeah, I thought that, um, <laughs> I, I thought his reaction was great. I thought how Higgins got him back into the room was great, too. Yes, it's the you know the silly wordplay, and absolutely I get that part. But also, as a character, Higgins really did think, "Don't be so upset you miss out on this letter. My letter really was really nice. You should take it." And so I thought it was cool that he was like, "How can I make that happen?" And he came up with that. Yeah, that was nice. That was a nice beat. Um, we cut to a two shot of um, Sam and Kufo. Uh, in in uh, uh, appears to be a museum. Um, I when I look at this the still image of this frame, I wonder. Oh, I wonder if it's like someday you'll be like, oh, look at Toby Gimo and and Sam Richardson. Like you know when they were little whippersnappers. Now that we know how great they were, you know what I mean. Like thirty, forty years down the road, you you might look back at this one shot. And go, Damn, look at a couple little babies. They're they're you know the legends in the making possibly so um but we have uh them staring at some art wow i know right um uh, kalechi namari uh yeah his work is incredible uh sam says well he's nigerian so we're gonna get a little uh little chuckle uh between the two of them uh kufa says well i just bought it so i can donate to the cape coast castle museum in ghana this piece belongs in Africa. That for for the people that don't know, there's there's 
friendly rivalry between some of the African nations, uh, Ghana and Nigeria particularly. Sam agrees that it's amazing. And Kufa says what, coach? Even for a Nigerian. So they're definitely getting the vibe going. He's a um, he's a charmer. Oh, this is oh. Kufo. He's a yeah. total. He's is very interesting. Like, yeah, he 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 he's a charmer. His humor here is not identical to his humor with Ted. It, no, no, no. It, it, right? No, no. God, he 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 reads and he knows. Like, okay, this is the vibe we're going for here, which which can be great. I mean, Ted does a version of that too, but um. And actually, I think I think he shows some very interesting Ted qualities throughout all of this. Here's the one thing I want to point out, and this is so it's so crazy. So when I think about a Ghanaian and, and a Ghanaian and Nigerian rivalry of any kind, I'm like, that's what based on what I know about the world, that's preposterous. <laughs> like, like, are you crazy? Like, just team up against white people. Like, I'm like, what the heck? You know, like, why would you? And then, and then you think, wait a second. That rivalry, it, it goes back to a tribal rivalry. Forget about the artificial lines drawn by uh, imperialists in the 1950s, right? You talk about, uh-huh. you know, these are, these are artificial boundaries, but, but the tribal rivalries go back thousands of years, thousands, which make like when you say terms like that, you're like, like New York City, you know, you, you think about like cities right, in the right, United right, States. Right, that's right. Not even a, it's not, right, you right. know what I mean? It's a couple hundred years, or three hundred change years, you know. So you go, it's it makes it makes you put things in perspective. You're like, okay, so this is like for like so there's a purity to it now. You know what I mean? It's not just uh, like something they're playing up for the purposes of Ed Lasso, but it's like it's got more. I don't know, it's got more depth to it because it's ancient. You know? Right, I I also like about it. I mean, we talk about Jan Moss, right? He's not being rude. He's being done. I I think there's something again different things that Ted Lasso does. The show does even not just having their African like people who talk about Africa as if it's a nation and all that kind of stuff, but to really get and you know that whether somebody in the room knew these little things that they would catch or if they just knew who to go to or where to go to get the information, just having a mainstream in quotes show that has this moment in it is different. Like I know people all the time are complaining law and order, love law and order as a franchise, love most of what's come out of there in New York city. It is a travesty to have people doing generic West Indian accents. Like, that's outrageous. <laughs> like, on my block, I could find you somebody from Trinidad, I could find you somebody from whatever. Like, you don't you don't have to do this. And so I just appreciated the, the, the respect of saying, like, yeah, these two give each other shit all the time. And it's a it's a thing you may not be aware of, but here it is. So it it it's always a little bit funny. I mean, like, yes, Castle and I totally understand your point uh, in terms of, you know, teaming up in order to eliminate classism or racism or all the other sort of isms that uh, exploitative capitalist society puts people into in order to keep us separate. All of those things, absolutely. One of my favorite things ever, though, is finding most white people, and I only know this a little bit because 
Aurora, where I grew up, has a large Latino population, specifically Mexican. The extent to which different Latin American countries fucking hate each other. That if you we, talk, we, did we talk talked about this, this but I just with the, well, yeah with well, the it's, it's also yeah. it's also not necessary. Well, yes, yes, and yes, and yes, but but it's not necessarily just hate. It's, it's a it, there's a tiered hierarchy. Yes, that is that is mind boggling. Yes. If you're a white person and you you don't know that this exists, you're like, wait, what? Yes, you, like and you, people are like you, you know, as a white person, you sit up on your in your palatial estate in your cloud and you think, oh, you know. You know, it's Mexican south of the border or whatever. And then yes. El Salvadorans are like, I wish I was Mexican. <laughs> like, well, wait, what? Yeah. Like, yes. You know, like, I wish I was treated as good as a Mexican. You're like, what? huh? Yes. Like, and then and you you feel all the, you know, it's, but it's a, it really is a mean. It's, and again, it, you never see it. it you don't yes, ever no. see yeah. And this is part of like not an, just being white, but also yeah. being American. And we are extremely insular and we don't pay attention to world events unless people are literally blowing the shit out of each other and all these other things. Like the fact that people don't understand that the middle East itself is not the same as an Arab nation is not the same as Islam is not like we got fucking no understanding of anything, but just watching somebody be like, Oh, well see we're white people. So we just think we're better than everybody else. That's, is that not, is that not how you guys do it? Cause we're assholes and that's how we do it. It, it is. It is amazing. And then on top of that, I was thinking about we're also quick to judge. Oh, yeah. Very quick to judge. Um, I remember I was at a wedding where uh, where um, a woman was uh, the bride was was uh, Mexican, uh, full blooded Mexican. And and her husband was uh, Cuban, full blooded Cuban. And it was like she had stolen the keys like she like the Cuban side of the family was like, how did we let her in? How did the, and I was like, wait, what? Like, and then I thought, okay, wait a second. I grew up in a small town. Uh, and if you tell me just, if you say, Oh, meet this person. And he grew up right next door to you in the town next to you. And I said, Oh yeah. Where'd you grow up? And they say, oh, I grew up in this town. I would go like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I don't even like the people in the next town. You know, it's and I'm like, where am I? Who am I to judge? You know, here I, I can't even. We're so tribal in so many mm-hmm. ways. It always goes back to us versus them. Uh, you know, it's just such a natural mm-hmm. default mechanism. And it's fucking uh, terrible, except for Naperville, because yeah. Naperville blows. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, there you go. You you you've you've talked about Naperville quite a bit. Fucking Naperville. But 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 I think. To those sort of other it other direction or whatever. When I first got to um to Poly, because you know I've told a story before. First through sixth grade, public school, almost all black and brown kids. Seventh to twelfth grade, sort of like flipped. Or like I was one of few uh, black or brown kids around it from seventh to twelfth grade, and I still remember mm-hmm. being legit blown away. That Italian people mm-hmm. and Irish people mm-hmm. saw themselves as different from one another. I remember being white? like, <laughs> "What? Like, like legit? Like, not no jokes? No?" When they started giving each other shit, I was like, "I just thought you were all white people." Like, I really like, and and I think I don't. What's happening? And, but I think 
all the things you've said, you've each said about learning these distinctions, but I also think it does help you understand the world better to take the time to learn some of these distinctions. I'll never know what it's like to be an Irish person going back and forth with an Italian. I like, okay, that's fine. But there's some, there is some value in understanding that there are these distinctions. Like when I went to see my big fat Greek wedding and I was like, I recognize these folks because I went to school with some Greek folks and I get this right. But getting that they might not, Mm -hmm. That it's not the same thing. That it's not the same experience. So the conversation you're having with them has to have its distinctions. Yes. And I do, and I feel like we get ourselves in trouble with that in all sorts of ways. I and mean, we were talking earlier about, oh, that's a feminine quality, like having a, like, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're masterful I, at I attribute, adding these things that divide us. It, when you even when you say Greece, yes. I'm like, oh my god, like I, I always think about uh, all my Jewish friends, and I'm like, God, I wish. I wish I was Jewish. You know, I'm stuck being Greek. I know we, we all hate each other. You know, because the Greeks, Greek, the def- defining thing people know about Greece is city states, the polis system, P O L S, and, right. and how they all fought each other. For the only thing that kept them together was it was an existential threat from Persia. Was the only thing that could bring them together. Like, what could possibly do? Well, if we don't, we'll all die. And it's still it's to this day. If you go, the thing I always joke about is is you go to like a Greek church function. And some churches are better than in, in fairness. There are some uh, lovely Greek Orthodox churches, but sometimes you'll go to a function and, you know, there's just like a lot of whispering and a lot. And you're like, oh, my God, I hate this environment. You know, my dad, my dad was um, my dad was in the Peace Corps. And um, when he was 69, he joined and he, he was out there for a year and then started dating a local. Interesting. And. And then it was a for you know it had dinner and drinks oh. or something nothing nothing, but she was a Hutu. And then after that, he did a Tutsi for another two weeks. And then it was like a thing. It was like the Mzungu from the Mzungu is a white person in Swahili, so it was like they're like oh the Mzungu is like causing conflict because that he's, he's and it's like literally dinner or so you know it wasn't mm-hmm. like but but. Yeah, it was a thing. Yeah. It was a thing. The, the, this is not a I'm f- like, do you know he's the dumbest man? Yeah, you, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Isn't that time. interesting? But yeah, it's crazy, crazy. I, I think the Midwestern version of that is um, when I was in middle school, my Spanish teacher got married. And I heard one of the teachers whispering one time about it being an interfaith marriage because she was Lutheran and he was Methodist. And I was like, bitch. Wow, that's a lot. That inner inner faith, really, really, <laughs> really. No, no, no. That's a that's a. But see, again, it's a divisive. Right. My, right, my mom was right. Greek Orthodox when she married my dad, who was a Lutheran. The Greek Church excommunicated. Her. Yeah, well, that's they, the thing. They I isn't that wild? her. She had to like work. Yeah. For fifteen years at the church, basically, to earn back her, you know, theoretical entrance to heaven. So you go. Like what? It you know it's, it it doesn't make crazy. any sense other than I was vaguely raised in the Irish Catholic culture, definitely not the church itself. But given that that's my only background, I'm like all oh, you fucking heathens out there, every single one of you evangelical assholes. I don't know what you're doing or what your sect is or what's happening. All I know is it's, it's not the right form of the religion I don't believe in. 
I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> look at Northern Ireland. Look, I mean, it's, it's it, you just go. It's not. Look yeah, at any that's old amazing. white. Talk about owls, old white ladies. I remember when um, uh, my grandmother, who I think it was a lovely lady, my father's mother, we were in Lutheran church and they invited a couple. <laughs> they invited the the uh, the pastor had had done a a fellowship something you know down south and they invited a couple baptists um up to join us in in, in the, whatever in the worship and i was you know i told i left the church when i was very young but um i remember you know not a perceptible eye roll but you know my grandma was in her i am she was probably 90 by then and there was like some sort of a little more frolicsome behavior from the Baptists than she was used to. And she was like, mm, like, mm -hmm, like we're going to do this is what we're, we're going to have these Baptists just kind of dancing down the aisle. And I don't know about that. You know, like, <laughs> it's like wow, wow. Yeah. It's amazing. The, the thing the, we yes, do the, to, to drive us, to drive wedges between ourselves, it is, it is fundamentally nuts. And, and, we do and when you say, Sorry, coach. I didn't. Recur. So, but when you say we do, I mean we really do this. Like they, like I, I wish I could remember the the specific name of the camp, blah blah blah. But my first psych class I took in college, we went over this the in group out group thing, and it is so real. Like they would have you know the battle, you know some sort of intramural essentially type battle within a camp, and then the next week we're going to compete against the other camp and people who had been like fighting to the death this week, next week, completely rally together. It's like what you were saying right. about yes. Greece. Yeah. And it's a it's a real thing. Like this isn't just like you look at history and start thinking like, oh, that must be what happened. Like this is a thing. It has been looked at. We absolutely do this. Um Juliana has a, a cousin yeah. who's a bartender in Brooklyn and he was like, it's a clearly a there's a Yankees bar that he is the uh bartender. Mm -hmm. Oh was, wow! Right. And he sees me in my base in my Red Sox cap, like which is like a cap I have. Like I don't, you know what I mean? I've probably watched two Red Sox games in the last five years, and, right. uh, and, and but I just ha I have one, so I had it on. He's like, "Yeah, if you came into my bar wearing that, like, first of all, you get thrown out, but you'd be lucky if you're not beat up." And I'm like, "What? This is what we do. Like, as soon as you know, as soon as co Coach, I'm thinking uh -huh. back to when you and I met thirty whatever years ago, and we say, yeah." You're, I'm a Patriots fan. You're a Giants fan, only because yep. of where we grew up. Um, Basically, and neither one of us like you know wear it on our sleeve or anything. That's just something we, right. you know, this is where this is the region, but it's a, it, it becomes right there, point of contention, you know, and it's it's just, it, like not not like a, in in a in a terrible way, but we as as humans, the species, but it's real. We're great mm -hmm. at dividing. We're really great at at driving wedges and picking sides and making it us versus them. It's like, it's the lowest, uh, I'm trying to think of the author, the Harvard professor years ago who did this, uh, uh, the levels of tribalism. Damn it. I'm going to forget it, but I'll put it in the, I'll, I'll remember. I always, I always ref refer to it because I always find it fascinating, but it's like the lowest level of the tribalism, the us versus them. And then you, as you get older and you, and you expand your mind and you start to, you know, think more globally and more inclusively. Um, but the lowest, the, the first tier of that is the most basic tribalism. He's not even from around here, which I always quote because I love that line so much. Right. That's, that's the first. You have, you have given me that one. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting you say this. 
looking at Ted Lasso through this lens, isn't that what this is? And for those of you who've watched Rocky Four, which, you know, obviously is part of the Western canon, um, when, you know, if I could change, I never could change, right? Like, like you know, now Russia loves Rocky and everything's going to be okay. And there, there, there's something um, going from wanker, 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 through what we've seen so far, what we see in this series, it, it kind of feels like, in part, it's the story of sort of moving out of that tribalism to a much higher place within the team, beyond the team, his relationship to, to Richmond in general. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure what to, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not sure what all to do with that, but there's something, I'm not sure that the show did it intentionally on that level, but as in that framing, there's a real interesting progression that includes the stuff we've referenced. Like, you know, I don't think I'll hold on to this army man, American imperialism, you know, like, oh, right. There's another way to see that. Other than we are the best, we are number one, we should just go around the world and tell people what to do. Interesting. Yeah, you, you make a good point. It really, it really does. Uh, it does, it does sort of come down to that um, and a, a different way of looking at that. Um, but we're back in the, we're back in the museum with what got us into this was the, the Ghanaian and uh, Nigerian <laughs> divide. Um, Sam, I'm a walking confliction. Um, I'm a billion, I am a billionaire. Yet I don't believe billionaires should exist. Talk about saying the right thing to Sam Omsanya. Um, that's why I'm breaking up my father's empire, he says. I'm using the money to make uh, better things and hopefully make things better. Okay. So who was saying, was it boss? Were you saying he's a clever son of a bitch? Was he, that he's a, he is a. I, I be- believe that that was Coach who specifically said it, although I do agree with his point. I also, there is something to me about saying I am a billionaire and I don't believe that billionaires should exist. That he then immediately takes it to, and here is the action that I'm doing. Because you can say like, oh, well, I don't think white people should be in charge, but it's like, okay, how are you (laughs) trying to be anti-racist then? What are you doing? Like, this is... um, not exactly I would have voted for Obama the third time, but sort of. It's like, oh, well, that's a great hypothetical. Have you donated any money to the NAACP by any chance? Have you done anything? No? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, uh, hopefully make things better. Uh, Sam says, you're not at all uh, what I expected. Uh, you don't even have security detail. All right, now... That's that's surprising for a billionaire, right? And, and why is that, Coach? Why isn't he on security uh, detail? Uh, that would be because he bought out the entire museum and filled it with actors. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, wow, okay. Uh, he chuckles. Uh, I thought, and then we get, I thought I recognized him from I May Destroy You, Sam points. So, okay, the the, the jig is clearly up. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Uh, that was, that's a great little beat. The guy bows like does. The, yeah, like all right. They, and, yeah. yeah, thanks. Thanks for recognizing me. Um, so there. So, are you hungry? Starving? And ah, I know a perfect place. We have someone walk up. Edwin, ah, it's good to see you. This is my friend Sam. 
Hey, you all right? Great. Lovely to meet you. Uh, congratulations. You both just met a cool person. I was like, okay. So I wasn't making that up. There's a lot of Ted to this. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow, that, that means word for word. So they obviously didn't want us to miss that. And um, yeah. so cheers. See you pretty cool. eh? What? That was Banksy. Banksy, which was is hilarious. It's just like, you know, sort of sloppy. I mean, his shirt tail. I mean, his shirt tail is out. I mean, this sloppy sort of all over the place. Middle oh, middle aged white guy is Banksy. <laughs> okay, I mean, it could be right. Like, I mean, we well, I don't know what I assume. I I don't know. I see more like Jocko with like political leanings or something, but that could yeah, be Banksy. Why not? Banksy's not a woman, right? Uh, have we, have we but we that? Uh, well, clearly, I always think I mean. Banksy is a woman, just because. I think that would be brilliant yeah, because be really cool you don't, no one thinks of it that way. I oh, think everybody, yeah, everybody assumes, yeah. yeah um, why do I think Banksy's a man now that that's been said out loud? I totally assumed Banksy was a yes, man, like until this conversation today. Yeah, it's like Scream. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's one. Um, yeah. Oh, boss is going to say something. Yes, boss. I'm not sure if this is accurate, but I feel like the the exit through the gift shop made a pretty strong implication that Banksy is a man. Or, or maybe it just went with that. But Yeah, for sure. No, no. Yeah, without a doubt. And I feel like given that that is supposed to be the documentary about Banksy, that's it. But right, I don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, I don't think that uh, Banksy but is a child Banksy, anymore, you? but Banksy yeah. could have been a kid at the time. Who knows? No idea who Banksy is. Banksy is like a, a fucking Daft Punk. I don't know. Maybe they're all the same person. I can't tell you for sure. Um, have you ever huh. seen a Banksy? Mm-mm. I've seen a bank. Is that anything? <laughs> Yeah, that's something. Cool. Yeah, good. I feel, good. Cool. I feel, okay. I, solid. I, good. I, I feel like that was only said to make Coach go. Really? <laughs> like, uh, I'm not even sure a boss thought that was funny for her. No. So much as she thought it would be funny yes. to watch your face as she said it. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, okay. So we're back at now. We're back at the. Uh, Shopping spree with Keely. She's now sitting on the couch, um, and Jocko is is shagging different uh, outfits for them. And out comes Nate, and he is, whew, he is all head to toe, in slick black, uh, like shiny. I don't know what the material is. He, he is. He's pretty tricked out in this. He looks like a he looks like a, a Bond villain, basically. Right in this this kind of getup, right? Yeah, yeah. The all black is definitely a choice. Uh, and he says, "Yeah." She says, "Yeah." And she says, "What? What? This is a key thing um, to to which sort of informs where this scene is going to go." Um, boss, what does Keely say from the couch as he as he asks her how he looks? You look so hot. Uh, of course, she does mean it in the same way that she, you know, earlier bent down to very. Uh, medically inspect the crotch on the suit. So she doesn't mean you're so hot. I want to rip your clothes off. She means, wow, you look great. Yeah. That's her. That's how she, that's how she says it. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, I just want to fix your tie for one sec. Come here. Okay. She goes up and touches it up. Um, 
And what does he say here, Coach? Thanks so much, by the way. You're so good at everything, and you're always helping people and making things better. So that she, just like you, they have their chuckle. Um, and then, do you ever, um, do you ever feel like you want to be the boss? Yeah, they kind of agree on that. They both have wanted that. I, and then she says, I mean, I did used to worry that I was going to end up like my mom. Which is this the first we've heard about this? I feel like it yeah. is. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then she spent years working at the same company tirelessly just for a man to take all the credit. She wasn't brave enough to dream big. So I decided to do things very differently. And then I met Rebecca and she inspired me to want to be a boss. People like you and I, we can't help but dream big. And no one is going to fight harder for their dreams than us. Right? Right. The scariest part of all of it is making the decision to just go for it. Because once you do that, then everything just sort of falls in and uh, Nate falls in to kissing Keely. And that was not the most awesome choice ever. That did not go the way it went in his head at all. Apparently yeah. that's not what she meant by hot. Not what she meant is, by is what I was what I'm putting together here. But yeah, not what she meant by saying bucket and passing aside uh your aspersions and going for it. Um yeah, I mean yeah. Yeah. Um okay, there's a lot going on in this scene and and I think we definitely want to dive into it. I will say having been on either side of this type of kiss it is uncomfortable doesn't begin <laughs> like on either side of it it is so it is just i find it hollowing like i i could think of when i was recipient when in both cases i just felt like why can't i just disappear or exist on a different timeline like can we just make life not be like, like, like it's just, I want, this is the worst. And so I, I felt I, I very much, especially for Keely here, because good God, she was just fixing a guy's tie and now she's been kissed. And what did she fucking do with that? Um, so anyway, I just, just the height of discomfort for me um, in this moment. So, the moment is extremely uncomfortable. I have to admit, I was trying to think if there's ever been a time where I have been either the uh, the recipient or the donor is wrong, but whatever. I, I don't think I've actually ever had this happen to me in real life. And I donor. The donor. The, I, I don't know. Donor. I don't I don't know why that is exactly. I don't know if I just hmm. made it very clear whenever well, don't you declare I'm gonna kiss I'm, you like later tonight. I Once have. I have uh, a couple of margaritas, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I will mm-hmm. be kissing you later, mm-hmm. and so there's not that, that takes away a lot of. The, it, uh, yeah, yeah, no. I guess maybe usually I get the awkwardness out of the way first, where I'm like, "Hey, so I'm gonna try to smart. make out with you," and then if it's uncomfortable, I'll be like, "Oh, that was a joke. I was talking to the Don't person worry, behind right. you. Don't worry about this." Um, <laughs> so yeah, extremely uncomfortable. Um, I have not lived this experience. Luckily, I think what was interesting for me is the way that what Nate was responding to was that 
he wants to be the boss. He thinks Keely wants to be the boss. He was a not imagining, but inferring some sort of connection between the two of them that each one of them wants to be the boss and isn't. And it was almost like he was looking for a, don't you think it's unfair that we aren't in charge? Isn't this something that we could agree on? And even more interesting than what Keeley said her reasoning for wanting to be the boss was. I think uh, I do not buy into the like um, sort of, I don't know, Jon Snow level of reluctant leader where the person who doesn't want to be have the glory of being in charge is the person who should be in charge. I can already hear my older sister screaming at me that that isn't Jon Snow's thing. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I want the person who is good at the job to have the job. And if you want the job and make yourself good at the job, that is the person I want in charge. And so what they're talking about is a little bit more of almost the glory of being the boss than necessarily, I want the responsibility. I want the duty of having to do these things. Yes. They're talking about, yes. the recognition, or at least Nate is very much talking about the recognition. Yep. Keely is talking about that also, but she's also talking about allowing herself to want things that she thinks her mother or whoever else felt that they weren't entitled to. And so That's there's right. a difference between, I want this job because I'm going to kick this job's ass and I want to be in charge because I want the glory of being in charge. Yeah. I'm really glad you pointed that out because for me, leader, I've thought about in terms of the, the American presidency so many times and just that generally speaking, and, and I mean this as like, for me, a matter of fact, not as a judgment of like the bad character or good character, you have to have a certain fundamental hubris to be like, I should be in, I should be personally in charge of hundreds of millions of people. Like that's, I mean, it's hard to get around that. And, and so I think it does attract certain kinds of people. I like your distinction though, because I think just maybe wanting some part of that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't then go about the business of earning it. I think Nate's version that he's presenting is I want to be heralded. It's not, I want to be a great leader, right? Like even when he talks about it in terms of, of the team, I think, if he wants to win, he wants to win because then people will say Nate is a genius. Yes. Whereas I think the coaches, even coaches I've come across, and there's a famous coach. Damn it, I'm not going to think of his name. Coach, he he he's been he's he was in Portugal and he's like famous for like being a jerk. Uh, I'll I'll look him up. I'll look him up because he's like. Super famous in the football world, and now, now I'm going to feel so conscious that I didn't hold on to that name. But he he just struck me as full of self-confidence, doesn't even begin to capture it. It's borderline narcissism. But his love for his team was so evident. So, like, in his thinking of himself as this grand leader, it led him to do things that he even crossed the line at one point. He got suspended for a game, and it was going to be a huge game. And so he snuck in (laughs) hours before 
and hid in the fucking locker room and then had to be like snuck out because the the officials figured out like if we don't see his ass in the stands we guarantee you he's in this oh fucking building God. somewhere and so they went looking for him and he was in the locker room so he dove in a laundry bin Jesus fucking and Christ. like a guy had to like take him out in the laundry bin so that he wouldn't get but like this is but to me even though like don't do that kids uh let's let's respect when suspensions happen mm-hmm. but another part of me got how he got there and it wasn't i'm so great it was my guys need me and somehow that was a distinction and i could see keely going to some places that maybe we would be like yeah i'm not so sure about that in the name of I'm needed or in the name of this is for the team or for whatever I've decided is this great or good. I think Nate would always want it to be. I would want to be whatever he said he wanted to be a, a, a what do you say? He wanted to be a tiger or a leopard or whatever. So he could ravage anybody who looked at him wrong. I think he's, he's constantly coming from that energy in that place. No coach coach folded his arms. So I can't tell if he's folding his arms because he didn't like that, or he's just uh, thinking oh, no, about no, 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 no. I was thinking of going back to, do you want to rather be a lion or a panda? And, yes. And all that stuff. And, and I, I was trying yes. to, I was thinking about you, uh, coach, as a coach. And I was thinking how that the only um, ego of your coaching, and it is big, there's a huge ego part of it. And that is your friend, me, who has tried to cut. I'm your external ego because you are so content coaching nine-year-old girls playing flag football. And I'm like, no, I, I had to beg and plead and be like, you are so good. Now you are the coach of a professional franchise. And I'm like, thank you. It's, it's like the only part of the, the, this is ego for you. Is, That's funny. Like, if there was any ego tied up in any of this, it would be like, "Am I?" Like, if someone came, if, if we were talking behind the scenes, whatever, and you overheard, and somebody was like, "You know what? Like, there's one coach in this league that really loves his team, and it's uh, Fred Jones." You'd be like, uh-huh. oh, you, you, "You'd be so like, no, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love my team the best." Like, that, your ego is tied up with, yeah. The success yeah. you don't have that that whatever Nate is yeah. looking for for, for no, no 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 that's not that's not my existing. part at all yeah. yeah yeah it's not my part yeah. but but yeah but yeah so it's it's interesting I think too he 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 probably imagines oh my first team like my, my first teammate I guess right like maybe like I think probably in this fantasy this kiss happens. And then Keely and he are a thing, and that that's part of the ascension, right? Like he went to her in the first place, make me famous, right? Like I think he sees Keely as like getting it. And frankly, Keely is someone who does in many ways get treated and regarded the way he would like to be treated and regarded. Like who doesn't think Keely's cool? Everybody Keely has two of the biggest iconic alpha male characters here like ready to to off each other to be the one standing next to her and i think that that's really key with understanding each of their motivations i don't want to say either one of them is wrong i don't think that there's one that is right i think that um i am not as in love with the harry potter 
franchise, given some things about its creator, but that's beside the point. Right. I am a Slytherin. I am hardcore Slytherin. I don't actually have a lot of ambition. You don't say. You, oh, go figure. Oh, wait, you? you don't say. Hmm, interesting. Really? Wow, that's where the sorting hat put you? I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Pleased. I cannot. Yeah. Can't. Did the hat ever, ever touch your head no. before you were? No. And also, I would like to mention, I believe that Slytherins get uh, a bad rap in general. It is not that they want to be bad. It is that they, what I think is, I don't even want to be in charge, but I do want things to be done correctly. And so if there is one group out of that bunch that is like, we are going to Interesting. put in place smart rules that are fair and good for everybody. And then we are going to enforce those fucking rules and everybody's going to do what they're supposed to do. That is the slogan part of me. And so if I ever become a boss of anything, it will be because I want to implement a really good process for an overall goal that I believe in. I don't care about being, in, I don't want to boss people around. I don't give a fuck about that. I think what Keely is saying is I want to not have anybody else tell me what to do because I watched my mom be minimized by people telling her what to do. So for her being the boss is sort of a level of freedom that she gets to live out her dreams and do what she wants. Yes. To. And his is, I am going to make everybody understand they were wrong to think I wasn't the best person in the room, the smartest. I'm going Bow to down before me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like, you are going to give me the external validation that I need because none of you assholes knew how smart I was before. I love that. Um, uh, boss, I want to point out that um, in the uh, there's there's a video game called Hogwarts Legacy where you get to go through and uh, play as 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 character at Hogwarts, um, not Harry Potter, obviously but, uh, not a similar type of character. Um, and the they have sort of a they they break it down house by house, and they have uh, uh, the reason I bring this up. I'm curious what if if this designation fits you. Um, and also who coach, what house coach would be sorted into. Uh, they have bravery for Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. They have curiosity for Ravenclaw. Okay. Which is not how I historically have seen Ravenclaw, but interesting. Uh, loyalty for Hufflepuff. And ambition yeah. for Slytherin. Uh, so. Which, uh, a, a number one, um, Bishop is Gryffindor, hardcore. Castleton, you are Hufflepuff, no question. You both, yeah, Hufflepuff, right? You, you think that's where I am? Absolutely. You both might have a little Ravenclaw leaning. This is like this is my version of the horoscope. Like, what's your moon's house and what's your sign house? Um, I, I do think I that it. the reducing Slytherins to only ambition is sort of it, only if we also acknowledge that ambition does not always necessitate personal gain or personal recognition. If you say like. I want to, my ambition in the world is to help an organization that will eliminate food insecurity in the United States. That ambition is not about selfishness or self-recognition. My ambition is I want to tackle this huge fucking problem. I do think I'm smart enough to do that. I do think that I'm competent. I absolutely 100% believe that, but it's not because I want people to say that I'm the smartest coach in the Premier League. It's just because I want the fucking problem solved. I think a lot of Slytherins are unfairly maligned by believing it's all about self-recognition when that is not true. I can't believe you called me off. I mean, I can believe it. 
Are you, um, uh, listen, okay. uh, number one, a lot of my favorite people would be Hufflepuff. Number two, yeah. you guys are right next to the kitchen. You have the best snacks. There's no reason to not be friends with Hufflepuff. That's awesome. That's uh, that's that's so great. I love that you thought about it. Um, I am. <laughs> I I am I pulled up the BuzzFeed quiz, so just so everyone knows, I am going to take this BuzzFeed quiz. I remembered that it existed, so I will I will notify everyone of which which house I am in. It's Gryffindor. Is it? It's Gryffindor. I believe you. I totally believe. You. Um, yeah. So uh, Nate uh, drops one on Keeley here. Uh, so sorry, that's okay. No, it's not. He says, which I actually like. Uh, him like shit. No, it's not. Uh, yes, it is. Don't worry. No, no, it's not. It was. Uh, it happened sometime to the best of things. It's, it's not. It's fine. I just. Oh my god! I'm going to go get out of this. Don't worry about it. I do worry. He says when he says get out of this. I thought that was interesting because it plays in a number of different ways. Get out of this situation. Get out of the store. Get out of right this whole thing. But also get out of this suit. I put on this fucking suit. I started thinking I was something more than what I am. And I, that's what made me kiss you. That's what allowed me to kiss you. I mean, in a practical way too, now he's been drinking. So the old inhibitions aren't what they might have been otherwise. So there's that. But I, I thought I, when he said that, I felt like he was like, this was a very bad experiment. This is not who I am. Obviously I don't, I really don't belong here. Um, gotta go. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, yeah, he, he's, he's got to get out of this and everything else. As soon as he departs, Keely says, what, boss? She says, shit. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, that's a really... There's so much in that what? one word and moment. You're like, ah, fuck, fuck, shit. Here we go. Like, this is... Now it's... Yeah. Gone. Now, now that, that's exactly... Yes, that feeling when you're like, oh, now this is five seconds ago. Yeah. This is a thing. This, There's is, a, a this thing. is a now, thing. Now this is something yeah. I have to deal with. I, and I... Would like to mention, as much as the scene was uncomfortable, I appreciate that Nate said, no, it's not fine. Like, no, it, I am going to worry about it as bad. Um, it, for as much as I like calling out people when they are being shitty or being dicks or whatever else, I do think that we should have an easier process for letting people, for some slights, make their way back. Like, sorry, uh, Harvey Weinstein, no, you're, you got to die in prison. Agreed. Like you, I, I don't yeah. know what to do about you, but yeah, yeah, other yeah. people that fuck up yeah. a little bit, we, I do think we pretty desperately along with the like recent conversations we've had about uh, holding men accountable for their actions to women, holding the police accountable for their actions to black people, holding everybody accountable for the okay. shit that they're doing. We do need a way 100%. of talking about okay, you fucked up. It's not the end of the world, but let's talk about what we did wrong and how we fix it in the future. Also, I, I, first of all, yes, to what you just said. And I, I, and I, I get, I get frustrated when I feel like there seems to be a conscious choice not to allow certain people a way back. So a, a quick mm -hmm. example. And then where I was originally going, um, Michael Vick is my sort of like poster child for this because what he did with the dogs, horrible, mm -hmm. right? You know who thinks that? Michael fucking Vick. Michael Vick went to prison. Yeah. Then he came out. He went and talked to kids. He learned about all this stuff. He told them, don't be a dummy like me. Don't do this shit. It's no good. Like, I feel like at some point in that process, 
he did the thing that should mean like, okay, like it doesn't mean we forget you ever did it, but okay, you, you did a thing. You recognize it was no good. We're going to move forward. And I just feel like there's uh anything anyway around, around him with that. But what I also like about what you pointed out, and Hold it's not up, Coach, something. Can I, can I jump yeah, in with that? Sure, of course, say, of course, of course. It used to be, it used to be like, okay, if you did your time, that was considered like sort of like that was considered. That's it. That's you did your time for the thing. You you owned it and they whatever. And on top of that, he came out and then he tried to change my. He tried to say like, I have grown and I want to help and I want. I don't want anyone to get through through the same thing. And when you listen to him, if you're a student of people at all. There's no artifice about it. He's like, I didn't, I didn't know. Like, I yeah. was. This is how I grew up. Everybody did it. I, you know what I mean. And he, but he doesn't say. He doesn't excuse himself for that. He doesn't exonerate himself. He says, and that's how. He, that's an explanation of how it happened. But then he has gone on since then to to try to you know educate and grow. Let's and, not do this. Yeah. So he already did his time. He did the time. And, and then on top of it, he has you know, work, he's still doing it to this, to this day. He's still yeah. working for these causes and donating money. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. yeah. I wonder why people aren't giving him a road back though, coach. You know, like, <laughs> well, that's it. And so I think too, though, it, yes. would, And then also that they have to be degrees of things, yes. right? Like, like, like boss, you mentioned Harvey Weinstein. Like yes. should Nate have kissed Keely without verbal, affirmative consent no like <laughs> again neat thinks that and somehow we have to have a way of saying this kiss is not okay without saying and you go in the bucket with cosby and weinstein yeah like it's like yeah how do we and i feel like we're really not good at that we're i feel like we're like societally we are actively bad right i mean just like what is the problem yeah societally we're really really bad about that i think that it feels – what I hate most is that it somehow feels like an individual moral victory to decide I am not going to forgive X. I'm not going to forgive this person. And that is me taking a stand. No, you're not taking a stand. You just think that Louis right. C.K. is an asshole. And right. Louis C.K. is an interesting case for me. I was a big fan of his comedy. I thought he made a lot of really great points. I think what he did was really despicable. I also think that there was a way at one point when what he could have said was, I did a lot of really horrible shit to win it. Like I did, I did some pretty bad, I abused my position of power. I took advantage of my proximity to these people, women who were up and coming. Like I, I, I did all of this really, really fucking badly and I'm going to go away and do some deep thinking and understand, like try to make amends for how badly I fucked their careers and all the terrible shit that I did. And instead what he did was say, Oh no, that wasn't me. I didn't do it. They're lying. Those bitches are lying. And then when it finally became clear, like, Oh no, they're definitely not lying. He put out a shitty statement where he didn't apologize and then went straight to making right wing, like anti-trans jokes. And I'm like, Hey buddy, you could have fixed this train wreck. 20 years ago, you could have made this better 10 years yeah. ago. You could have yeah. at a lot of different points started to do the work that would have been required in order <laughs> to not make you a shitty person. But now you've just decided yeah. to go and be a shitty person. So I don't have to yeah. worry about you. I don't have to hate yeah. you because that doesn't actually feel like a moral victory for me. But like now you fucking right. suck. Yeah. 
Yes. Sorry, go ahead, Coach. You got it. No, no, I just want to say real quick. The thing that really gets, really grinds my gears about the whole thing is when they decide it's time for them to come back. Oh, fucking Christ. Stay the fuck away. Like, like, I'm not a huge, I don't, the whole cancel culture thing, whatever, I'm torn on a lot of it and what, and all that stuff, but I, but I, I, like, I want them away. You know what I mean? And, and they, if society wants them back, society will let them know, I think. But like, I hate when they force their way back in. Oh, they're doing shows. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Also, I, I think we absolutely have a right to say we don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, so-and-so's coming to town. I don't want them in my fucking town. Yep. I don't want them on billboards. I don't care to endorse that that's a thing I want around me. And I don't, that in itself is, this is where I like you because I find myself torn because that in itself, I absolutely don't have a problem with. I think it's how we've managed to build whatever society we've managed to build is to say this okay, that not okay. Right? Like, yes. Yeah. Um, well, and, also and, separating the artist from the art is a huge problem. It's really well, that's a, and it's I, really like, yeah. Remember, and we all make our distinctions. I I go on and on about R. Kelly. Meanwhile, <laughs> there are a number of musical artists who, when you hear their story, it's like, mm-hmm. that's not great. Yeah, that is not great. Like, you know how many Michael Jackson songs are on my playlist? Oh I mean, my yeah. god! I, I, like, how am I supposed yeah. to give up? Because I'm like, I'm giving up. Why would I give up me? Like this was me then, I didn't know that any of this shit was right. going. So I'm like, okay, right, right. you know. And then, and then uh, I, I always talk about uh, one of the movies we watch at Christmas is The Ref, which stars yep. like a brilliant Kevin Spacey. And I'm like, oh god, and, and I'm yep. so gross. You yep. know what I mean? But but I'm like, well, this is my movie. <laughs> like, it's like, right? It's it's, it's it is mm-hmm. so difficult because it means something to you, and the art means something. Uh, I know, Coach. Like, Jesus Christ. Cosby, oh, the, the I, I still was formed. Yeah. Like seriously, like yeah. all, like no bullshit, no jokes aside. I remember thinking, like, okay, North Star, got it. Like that was the impact of of the Cosby Show in my life. And I'll tell you, interesting. My uh, my therapist is black, um, and he said that is a thing. Like that is a thing. With black people, like that, they will come in and specifically talk about the Cosby Show and how their life has or hasn't moved toward that model and what that has meant to them or what their family growing up compared to. Like, it, it, I'm not sure you could have pulled a, a, a larger rug out from under people than 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 Bill Cosby, and I think that's part of this. You know, anyway, that's a whole other. A whole other conversation we don't need to go to, but but yeah, yeah. And how many people did a really great Jello pudding pops? Uh, you know, they could do the voice and the thing. Right now, now, now that's all, all that gone. Hard work is gone. Yeah, that's, that's the linchpin of their tight five, and now they've got nothing. What are they supposed to do? Right. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, 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 my thoughts are sort of all over the place on what you guys have said. I agree with everything that you've said. I think um, one of the biggest issues with cancel culture for me is that when it actually comes down to a person or a group who said or did one wrong thing and then were canceled. The biggest example I have is uh, the chicks, formerly the Dixie chicks. Yeah. So it also feels like it, there's this yeah. weird sort of 
uh, out too much weight given to, oh, well, aren't we sad that Matt Lauer can't host the Today Show anymore? And I'm like, not really. I, I actually, it sounds like he was a real prick for a bunch of fucking years and I don't need him back. Um, I would yeah. also like to uh, create it, credit Beyonce with helping to bring the chicks back by having them at the CMA Awards a few years ago uh, when she did. Oh, oh, I didn't remember that. Oh, they did uh, Daddy Set Together. Or, or, oh. yeah. Is that what it's called? I'll find it. I'm, I'm going to post it. Yeah, I know. Great. Yeah, you talk about that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, but, oh, I did. I don't think, yeah. Somehow oh. that wasn't in the bank there. Once but, again, nobody cool. sticks up for white women more than black women. You're more than black women. Fucking, uh, they have our backs every goddamn time. And we One need to do it back. Yep. We we need to be better. Um, so I'm thinking about that. We're probably good enough to black women. I'm probably, yeah. we're probably okay. I mean, we probably uh, check. I'm not, I'm gonna, <laughs> we're good. I'm Let's gonna, move on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off the show now. Um, also, <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of R. Kelly, I hate to admit that uh, Ignition, unfortunately, still a good song. I don't know what to do about that. I would also like to point out we know about R. Kelly and we have punished R. Kelly. And Jimmy Page, when he was 28 years old, had a relationship with a 13-year-old girl who she says basically kidnapped him, kidnapped her, and brought her on the road with him. So, like, there's still a lot of reckoning that we haven't done. Like, still a oh, shit yeah. ton that we need to get through this. Oh, yeah. But my final point, I guess, with all this is uh, Brittany Packnett, who is a writer and activist and who I've mentioned before and is fucking great. Pointed out on a podcast one time, it is nearly impossible to divorce all of the art that we have experienced from these artists from our lives. I don't know how to tell you that I can't, I have to listen to Thriller. I don't know what to tell you. It's fucking Thriller. Like I can't listen to any of the shit that I like from my childhood without there being somebody there that sucks. So it is not about, refusing to engage with that art, but more so acknowledging that the fact that you love that art doesn't mean the artist is a good person. If you say like fucking thriller slams and also Michael Jackson was most likely molesting children, like we at least need to acknowledge both of those things. We can't deny the actions because we like the art so much. And as long I feel like as long as we're doing that, we're at least heading in the right direction. The, The big, the big part of it is that in our lifetime, uh, music, film, authors, people who have been an influencer, what we would call someone who influences culture in one way or another once upon a time, have now become brands in our lifetime. And those brands inform your personal identity. So that's the, this is, this is the difficult thing. Even the clothes we wear, even the, you know, the music, it's like this becomes our personal brand and it's tough to be branded with the same you know, or, or accept as part of your brand. Someone is so, um, is someone who is so tainted, uh, mm-hmm. because you're like, Oh no, this music is part of my brand, but the musician, you know, the person, and, and again, it's part of, it's part and parcel of society learning more and having more access to these celebrities. I mean, once upon a time, they were an untouchable celestial thing. Like, you know, the, the uh-huh. movie stars uh-huh. of yesteryear were, were had had lives nobody knew about. <laughs> like nobody had right. any concept of the of the horrible things they did or the good things, and 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 so uh, or the nightmares that happened to people uh, behind the scenes. It was just the cellular hero kind of kind of vibe. Um, but 
yes, now we're more, much more aware of what our uh, the people that we root for uh, are about. And it's funny because in my daughter's uh, she's taking this fantastic college class about the importance of fandoms. I'm like, God, they didn't have stuff like this when I went to college. They were talking about fandoms, and she and she was saying how they were debating in the class. This is like yesterday. Uh, is it important to when you when you start to like be a fan of someone? And it, it was Taylor Swift, I think, that came up. It's like, is it important to understand their politics before you can listen to their music, or? Is that something that is ancillary to the experience? And it was fascinating to hear, you know, her, she's telling me about what everybody's different positions were. And, um, but in, and for at least for the, the younger generation, it, it is really integral to them to like sort of agree with the, the positions of the artist. And they have access to that ahead of time, you know, which is interesting. Right. Like, or That's or a at different, least in conjunction yeah. with, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh, I like this. Like, one of the first things they were saying they do is like, Man, I really love this new 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 rap, new hip hop song. Whatever, like right away, they're like, "Let me." They they Google the DJ, they Google the, <laughs> the artist, they Google the writer. They're like, "Oh my god!" Because they don't want it. It's not part. It's part of their ethos to be like, "Yeah, this has to be part of the equation." That's fascinating. So we get this moment with with um, Nate and Keeley, and it's a you know, it. I don't, I don't know if boss will agree with me, but it feels to me like a very William Blakey and innocence versus experience moment um, where, you know, a minute ago, everything was innocent uh, for lack of a better term. It might not be the exact right term, but after the kiss, everything changes. And now, you know, now you have to know something. Um, I, I would very quickly just like to say, I don't think that, Nate is a shitty person for what just happened. I think he misread a situation and was over eager and maybe should have paid more attention. But once he realized his mistake, he apologized. He removed himself. He didn't come back and say, Oh, well you were obviously you wanted me to kiss you. I, that's your, right. You, right. You did it. So like, even though right. it's uncomfortable, I feel like there is a level of discomfort we need to accept when we live in society. And I would encourage people to be, better at reading others but this is not the worst thing he's done even this season i'm glad you said that because i do think there's a difference between um what would this be he's not at all a predator here yeah and and i no, think he's an, there's he's a, an di- idiot right he's, he's an, an idiot, idiot. and then, that's here, and, and i've been that idiot and like you know like i yes. like, uh, my bad. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I, I'm glad you make that distinction. Again, I think we need to be making more. I, I guess generally that's what I would say. We need to be making more distinctions. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I think we get ourselves into trouble. It's like, oh, well, anybody who thinks recently there was a whole story and I will get into it all now, but there's a, a black woman comedian who was sort of in a public back and forth. And I just personally, just my bullshit detector, like, basically goes off the scale whenever this person opens their mouth. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you. My bullshit detector is just screaming right now. And several people kind of got on my case and were like, oh, this is misogynoir. And this is what happens when black people, black women speak. And I was like, I'm not disputing anything you're saying. Also, I can't pretend that I believe her when she speaks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And it was sort of like, how do you, you know what I mean? But I think this, we don't make room for like, there could be other explanations yeah. for a thing. Or there could be another, you know, if a guy, 
if a guy kisses you without your permission, he is a latent rapist. Like, well, back, hold on, hold on, slow down. Yeah, yes. It, it, so you and I talked a little bit uh, um, off air about that situation. And I think what I said was the rule is uh, believe women in terms of do not immediately dismiss what they are saying. If they come Correct. to you and say, this is an experience I had, you could say, uh, don't say, oh, you're a liar. But you could also say, okay, right. so let's, you were here this night. Uh, I show, I actually have evidence that you were on the other side of town that night. So we're going to need to figure out how, how the how story is, works. what's going on. Like, it's fine. Trust, but verify is the, the backbone of the accounting profession. I don't think that there's anything wrong with any of that. I think also the issue is that when you say anybody who makes this mistake, and this was a mistake, fumbles in this way, if you immediately equate them to being a predator, you are saying that what the predator did was only as bad as what he did. And that, like, these are different ends of the spectrum. We need to- You know, I hadn't thought about that part, but you're right. It actually also lessens. Yes. Yep. Because that's interesting. I hadn't. Yeah. That's Wait, interesting. can you explain that for the people, for the dummies up in the peanut gallery? I, I didn't really catch what the. So I, I think that this is just a scale of uh, intent and also actual actions. If what you're saying is what Nate did here is the same as being a predator and assaulting Keeley, that he is essentially a rapist. It lessens when people are raped. Like a, a rape is not the same I, I as a okay. fumbling it, it, sort it, of. It shrinks the. Yes. The yeah. Range no. Or I. I. I, yes. I don't want to minimize what Nate did. He made a mistake. He shouldn't have. Keely has a boyfriend that Nate works with and is friends with. Like this was a big fuck up. But this yeah, was yeah. not a he raped her. That that is a different thing. And we need to uh, keep those things separate in order to deal with each of them appropriately. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, if um, anyone's listening is wondering if I was referring to them, if they were one of the dummies in the peanut gallery, I was saying that for me, but I don't know if some, any, <laughs> any of our listeners are driving in their car going, is he talking about you? just me? call oh, me yeah, stupid. No. Yeah, right. He's talking about you, John. Castleton's right. always. Um, uh, yes. Uh, one thing I want to point out, uh, just bringing it all back to our first few minutes of this podcast uh, today, this episode, we're talking about the the inherent expectation of women to carry the weight for everybody. And, and boss, where you're talking about how you're a rebel because you don't, isn't it interesting? Uh, interesting is the word I would use uh, being diplomatic, but my daughter who watched this scene with me and we talked a lot about it um, was, was less interested in that. She's like, it just sucks that Keely's reaction to this has to be, it's okay. It, it, instead of being like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, even in this moment, the expectation for women is to c- coddle the fragile. You know, we, we play it all. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it makes me so crazy how, how we play the different sides of this. Like, oh, you know, and politically, it's like, oh, evil Democrats can do everything except. When they're in charge, they ruin the nation, or you know, whatever. Like whatever the, it's just like, oh, women, women are, yeah, you know, they're they're terrible, and 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 whatever. But you know, they they also have to, you know, I can't take care of myself. There, there was uh, where did I just read? Oh, okay, I know. I was reading an article, and it was about re, uh, it was about serial 
um, serial offenders being re-educated, re-educated, that's not a word, they didn't use that word, that sounds like, that sounds like a... Rehabilitated? Sci-fi thing, yeah, they were just trying to be like, they have these clinics where they're trying to talk to people, and so it's it was, it was like, they'd have, they did some ratio, it was like, you'd have 60 men in prison, how many of you are violent offenders, how many of you do this, whatever, okay, and they would say, let's talk through... Um, like how you grew up and what what corners you were backed into because of the patriarchy. And so naturally, most of the guys get defensive about the patriarchy because it's all they know. But you'll have one or two guys in every, they said in every group of 60, one or two is like, yeah, I, I'm in here because I could not back down over something stupid and that cost me my life. And, and I'm been here 25 years. I didn't get a childhood. I didn't get a you know what I mean? Like whatever. And, and they said, okay, let's talk about women. How many, um, women, um, how many people you uh, like hurt a woman in your lifetime or whatever? Like how many of you, whatever. Okay. Raise hands. Almost everybody. Well, almost unanimous, right? How many people have done, perpetrated a crime against a woman? Again, almost unanimous. And the, the question is like, was it actual crime or was it also an emotional transgression? So they're like, yes, everyone, right? And like, how many of you think uh, women are like uh, equal to men or whatever? No, no, like one or two hands go up, right? And then they ask this question, which I love. Right now, while you're here in prison, who's taking care of shit at home? And raise your hand if it's a woman. <laughs> and they're like, everybody's hands go because, like, on top of carrying your burden, gentlemen, on top of not having you at home to raise the kids. And not having you there to fix the car. And not, all the things we ascribe to men, on top of that, they're doing your job and their job while you are, are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, they said that for a lot of men, it was like super eye-opening. The last question is the one that sold it, that started to have the inkling of change. Because like, at the very least, we can, we can say hypothetically what I think about women or, what, oh, you know, people who grew up with with a certain idea about women or a certain, you know, stigma. But how can they ref- refute the fact, like, right now, who is running your family? Like, and is it a woman? You know what I mean? And it's like, it's very difficult to to not see the, the honesty in that. So anyway, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. Um, but it, again, it's part and parcel of what do women have to carry yep. on behalf of the men who are supposedly the stronger, you know, stronger gender, theoretically. You know, it, it's it's interesting because I I hadn't thought about the scene from that angle, and I, you know, as I watch as I watch Boss nod to 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 your point there, if Keely had said that, I love Keely, so I'm sure I'd have been like, well, it's her right, but I kind of would have felt like, geez, take it easy, Keely. Meanwhile, take it easy, like should it, why should she take it easy? Like she didn't ask to be kissed. Do you, like you yeah. violated her, like yeah. like she could be, you know what I mean? If if he kissed Roy, I wouldn't expect Roy to be like it's cool. Like, <laughs> like my, daughter, so, my, my daughter's like, how many accidental kisses are we allowed in a lifetime? Like, how many? How yeah, are we supposed to yeah. carry? What am I? What's my? What's my limit? Am I like four yeah. accidental kisses by where a man oh. puts his mouth on mine? Oh. Like how many? How many is yeah. cool for me to be? And I'm like, yeah, Jesus Christ! And, and why are you so smart? Yes. <laughs> no, but this that, that what your daughter said, who was brilliant, uh, 
yeah, who knows where she got that from? Not her dad, obviously. Um, no. Yeah. Every uh, she's quoting. She for oh those gosh, listening, she quotes Boss now. Oh, says, I love like, that. Oh, what what would Boss do in this situation? I'm like, she's oh. like what would Juliana do? What would Boss do? Uh, that is, what, I uh, anybody else you might be. I no, no, just Juliana Boss. Cannot believe that I am in that company. That's amazing. Terrible, but, terrible. It's terrible, terrible way for me to live. Um. Anyway, keep going. It, it, so yes, like. Nate should not be crucified because he made a mistake, but also you you need to get better after that. That's the answer. You fuck up and then you get better. That's how you do shit. Women should not be tasked with carrying any of the emotional weight of this. Um, There was a a TikTok. uh, Her name is Paige Turner uh, on TikTok. And she posted a video about how she's not taking business advice from that anymore. She's done. And she talked about a now probably multi-million, possibly billionaire, but like a shit ton of money, some CEO guy who in his autobiography talked about getting his girlfriend pregnant when they were both 17 and how difficult it was for him to like, while he was sleeping on couches in New York in order to make a life for himself and in order to advance in business, how difficult it was to do all those things and to think about his son and like he was trying so hard and as a, as a dad with a young, young father having this kid and he had to go out there and make sure that he made enough money to take care of everything. And she was like, who was watching your son while that was happening? While you were making your billions, who was watching the son that you felt terrible about abandoning? And how come she doesn't have an equal share in your money if she was taking care of your son, who was giving you the motivation to get this shit done. We, we've always been terrible at this. We've all, we've always said, you know, hunter gatherer and we go out oh, and, and we, my we, you know, we do the, I God. provide Criminal. for the family. I provide boss. I go kill the beast and you wouldn't feed without me, whatever. And then it's like <sighs> men are somehow historically exonerated from all the emotional weight and all of the, uh, you know, the, the, the societal, uh, rules and you know it, it is so it, it's it's so fraught with with, with um, pitfalls mm-hmm. but at least now at least people are mindful of it the next generation seems much more aware god of it. bless i mean one of the reasons i think where you have people hooking up less in gen z and millennials and gen z but um it is because of the consent because of like the okay i'm not gonna make this foolhardy mistake um and, and because of that, they don't have the impulsivity to necessarily do it. And this, it's really interesting to see. In one way, your heart bleeds because you're like, oh, you don't know what it feels like to have like a great whatever, you know, like fling kind of thing. But they're more careful about it in general. I'm speaking in generalities, obviously. But um, but yeah, there there is some hesitation to to make those mistakes. And I think for what it's worth, considering the world we grew up in, that feels like progress. So you get you get Nate here. Spitting in the mirror, uh, we, we, the, the impression I believe is that he's disgusted with himself. Um, there's also uh, a shame element to it, where he is, you know, he's just like, ugh. It's, it's like, the, the, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm really glad to use the word shame because it, it, it's more. It, because he's not disgusted with what he just did. He's disgusted with who he is. So he thought, I've graduated. I'm 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 moving on up like George and Wheezy to the point where now, you know, Keely and I, 
She sees that we're alike. I see that we're alike. We're both on the right. Yeah, yeah, me and Keely. And then when she says, uh, no, what are you doing? Essentially, up, oh, I'm not up there. And it's him. It's it's an affirmation of, no, you do not belong in this store. No, you are not a big boy. No, you do not. You're not. You don't rank among the Jamies and the Roys of the world. Like I, I think this isn't just, I feel bad about what I just did. This is like, who I am has just been affirmed. I'm still the same loser whose father sat him down with his girlfriend to tell them that they both could do better. That's like, I'm I'm trying to get rid of that guy and he just won't stop following me around. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Coach. Uh, it's hard to watch if you're someone yeah. that, uh, that roots for Nate. Um, and it's hard for these things to not line up. It's funny. I'm reading this, um, this book uh, talks about relationships and um, there was this, there's a line and I read the other day, it was like, nobody, well, one, one of the lines was that uh, the cure for a, for loneliness is not a relationship. The only cure for loneliness is isolation, isolation because that's the only place you can get to a place where you are okay enough with yourself to ready for relationship. oh my god like, Jesus, yeah that's 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 big heavy right? stuff that, that's just like that's yeah. like a lot to suck in and then the other one yeah, you was, could feel lonely in a crowd no that's for sure sorry coach go ahead. no no no, it's good that's great and the other one i read uh it's so like just the next chapter was um you no one else can fix the parenting you didn't get and i was like I, I think about that a lot when I look at Nate. I'm like, oh God, like, and 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 by the way, the the uh, the way that you address that is to get over. <laughs> and then yeah. according to this book, according to this yeah. book, and I'm yeah. like, oh yeah. God, God, it feels like feels like reading Boss. You know, I'm like, it's... oh no, but can't we hold hands and? The shittiest part of so many things is that there you can work on yourself in so many different ways and you can do the mindfulness and, uh, you know, the cognitive behavioral therapy and uh, didactic, I think, behavioral therapy. I'll need to check with my older sister. You can do all of this shit. And then it gets to a point where it's like, and now you need to get over it. Like whatever emotional thing you need to do in order to let go of this, you are the only one that can do it and you have to. It'll be better on the other side. I fucking promise. I promise on the other side it's better. Listen, but- I don't have to log in here to be fucking insulted. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's three days a week. I get interventions over here. It sucks so fucking hard, but sometimes yeah, it's like, well, it's I just need to leave this baggage behind. I got to be done with this. I, I, yes, to everything you both said, and I, I'm not going to uh, keep us on, but I, I just quickly will say, for me, the get over it, and I do want to share this part because I think it's different than the way I've heard certain people talk about it, and it worked for me. My way of getting over it was to bring it in, not to get rid of yes, it. Yes, that's fair. That's a that's an excellent point. And 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 I and I get people who are like, I'm putting that down. It's my what, pa- but for me, it was no. All these parts are part of me, and we got to figure out how we're all going to work together here and make this work, as opposed to. Oh, you're the wounded, shitty part. I'm gonna leave behind. Which yeah. I, I'm not speaking to anybody else's journey, but my own. But 
I, I, I found that a huge distinction and very helpful. Yes. Yeah. I, um, one of the, and again, not bragging, just saying that in my, in my weird little golem cave with my one true ring where I hang out and I'm just weird and I do my own stuff. I love it. It's great. Um, one of the things that, uh, not my therapist, but somebody else asked me was, what about your life right now would you give up in order to change something in the past? Because if Whoa. if if your dad hadn't died, if your parents hadn't gotten divorced, if your mom hadn't married that shitty stepdad, your life would be different. So what things that you have right now are you going to sacrifice in order to change that? And if the answer is nothing, then you gotta you you can't you gotta let go of whatever it was in the past because now you have this. So you be playing clarinet by yourself with hair caterpillars instead of going to see the national. <laughs> and what's what's the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's completely ridiculous. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Just take random pieces of your life and throw them into a sentence. Pretend that's a joke. No, but I, lo- anyway. I love it. it Emily Madlips, it's great. <laughs> okay. I, I'd love if we could refrain from from bringing up the hair caterpillars. Centipedes. 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 I love. I oh, love yeah. that it got discussed on the board. Uh-huh. That was uh-huh. awesome. That because I was like, yeah, okay, great. That's you know, there's centipedes. No judgments here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is. Uh, I, I think this has been a fruitful conversation. Um, it's. It's a tough. It's a tough. Um, it's a tough scene in a lot of ways. And we don't want to be dismissive about, I, I like the fact that we've, we've, I don't know, attempted to categorize it in a way that where it's not nefarious. And, and because of that, um, we as viewers choose a certain path with, with regard to Nate. And then we'll see in upcoming episodes how other characters, once they hear about this transgression, how it lands with them. And that also informs Nate's uh, feelings of self-worth or lack thereof. And we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Um, we're going to leave it there for today. Uh, we'll pick it up next time uh, with Roy back in the classroom with Miss Bowen. Um, but that's a, that's a, that's a, it's a lot of heavy duty emotions to, uh, to go through in one sitting. Um, we thank everybody for listening, for joining us. If you uh, made it this far, and this is your first time with us. Uh, thanks for thanks for sticking with us uh, to our to our diehard audience who who are always here for us. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks to all our buttercups and everybody who supports us. Um, Coach, if people want to find you, where do they find you? Today, I want to hype up joining the community. Become a buttercup. Support what we're doing. We love doing it. We're we're pushing forward. We're gonna be doing our Wayne episodes and moving to new shows and all the things. We love this. Um, and so I'm just gonna encourage you to become a buttercup so that you too can join in with the wonderful uh Chambers sisters in making Coach miserable. And I mean, that alone is worth the price of admission. It's pretty true. Amen. So say we all. Uh boss, what about you? Um, you can find me. Uh, at Blue Sky at Dumbly Chambers, I'm getting over there more because now it is uh, free and open to everyone. You don't need a code. You can come and join. Um, also on threads, which is emily.chambers.31. Um, I still have an active Twitter account. If you need to, you could reach me there. Uh, Brian reached out about finishing Wayne, so I love, Coach, that you brought that up. We are doing it. 
Um, and you can message me in any of those places. I'll respond. It might be late because I'm bad at checking stuff. Don't try to find me on Facebook. I'm not there. Okay. Thank you, boss. Uh, and thank you, Brian, for reaching out about Wayne. We will continue. Uh, we will finish that for sure. We love it. Um, we're trying to, we're trying to chip away at this, at, uh, this, this little, little show they call Ted Lasso. Um, it is, uh, it, it, I can't believe how, how many hours of conversation it has given us. Uh, it's just stunning, mind-blowing. Never thought it would go this way. But we thank everybody for joining us. I know some of you uh, have long commutes and you put us on in the commute. I know some people work out listening to us. Some people just like a friendly voice um, in the background while they work. A lot of people work from home and, and they like to hear Coach, Coach's mellifluous voice, um, singing to him from time to time. I know I'm always lobbying for more singing, uh, but uh, we take what we can get from Coach. He's a beautiful man. Um, but yes, uh, thank you everybody for for being part of the team. And it's a very unique podcast. If you if you go out there and you know listen to other people how they're doing it and and how they go about it, um, yes, we 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 there's so many great podcasts out there, um, and there's so many ways to spend your time. Uh, really means the world to us that that you choose to spend it with us. It's, it's, it is, it is, it is a whole, <laughs> this has been very interesting because we started thinking, okay, it's just going to be a couple of things. And now we're, we're well down the rabbit hole and, and we can't believe the people we've met along the way. So uh, we really cherish you. We thank you so much. Thanks for supporting us and for keeping us uh, going. Um, and we hopefully will be able to continue to have your vote of confidence. So thanks for that. Uh, please support your local libraries and the written word. And until next time, we are Richmond till til we, we die. die. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next time. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and The Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.